Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Meister Movie Podcast. Come join me, Alex, and eventually Zach, and spend two and a half hours with us talking about a movie instead of how the world's getting sent to the depths of hell, shawled in fire. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cathartic getting out. Yeah. Come along with us. Cathartic getting out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna talk talk two and a half hours about this movie, but we're we're gonna talk. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch like I watched it like, eh, like, um, as I usually do, like about ten minutes ago. Yeah. And I wish I had watched it earlier, because like this is something that I need to. This is something that I like would should have written about. <laughs> Well, luckily, I watched it a few days ago, and I know a lot of history about this, and I've been, like, processing it for a few days now. I don't know if you're going to get a, a legitimate freak out from me, but I'm pretty sure you're going to get something close to it. Okay, you're not going to get a freak out from me, just some, like, weird... Oh, God. Anyway. Uh <laughs> Well, I'm interested so, to see what your initial reaction is this time. Uh, oh, just you wait. Um, so, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Holding, okay. holding, holding. <laughs> so, news. Yeah. Not outside of the political stuff. Um, I don't think what's going on right now is political. First of all, we're a film podcast, so we're going to stick to film and stuff. But it's it's inescapable not to talk about the fact that we're in the middle of like riots and protests going on uh, after a, a unlawful police homicide. So a uh, police killed a, a black man, an unarmed black man, and it was the last straw apparently for yeah. for Minnesota and for many cities. Um, and it's a combination of two things. It's a combination of a group of people that are legitimately upset and want to protest, uh, the, the slowness of the charges on all four cops. And then there's a group of people that are taking advantage of the entire situation, be it looting or people who are legit trying to start fires and problems and chaos and mass hysteria, um, it's such a muddled, confused series of voices in so many cities, and there's so much going on that it's hard to find a singular answer to all of this. Uh, and hopefully, uh, this just anger that's been swelling up in people as they've been trapped inside their houses will go down soon. So it's it's not just political, it's a lot of things. It's the fact that people have been stuck in their homes for half a year, like... It's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. This is a assemblage of some would say the last four years with Trump. Some would say even more than that. Just the last 20 years since 9-11, this stuff has been bubbling up. Some would say the very fact that you could watch Do the Right Thing and it ends with the exact thing that just happened and it was made in 1989 might have something to do with it as well. But whatever. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot, but you can't ignore the fact that like there are several protests and several riots going on right now, like literally right now. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. Uh, Alex is safe in my tree. 
Um, I am good. People don't want to loot the tree. They think it's just a normal tree. But I have... Maybe because there's nothing to loot. (laughs) Well, no, there's stuff in here. If you see, like, just imagine, folks, if you will. You you see this tree. You see there's nothing in it. They, They don't even see me. And then you get to the tree, and then you move the blanket that looks like leaves on a tree, and boom, first thing you see, drink, drinks over here, sign, pool ball table, foosball table. Uh, did you uh, loot all that stuff? I did not loot all of it. Anyway. Anyway. Now that we got the political stuff out of the way while Zach is not here, um, or not, well, the chaos, um... Not much yeah, happened. Yeah, not uh, not really outside of that. Uh, and well, now, we haven't talked think, about last week. We've had a we've had a bit of a busy week in in news. A little bit of a busy week, considering pandemic wise. Yeah, but apparently Henry Cavill's coming back as Superman. He's in talks. Well, first of all, yes, we 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 got into it last week a little bit with the Snyder cut. And um, it's going to be rolling out over time. But if the talk of the Snyder Cut means that Ben Affleck and uh, Henry Cavill get to come back and play those parts again, I'm totally for it. Because my problem was never with the casting with these movies. It was always with Zack Snyder's vision. Which I'm totally for him finishing his own vision. But I'm not probably going to be for it. It's probably not going to be something I enjoy. But... He has an opportunity to give it something that he couldn't that time around, like even more time to think about people's reactions. So I would I don't mind it being darker and more concise with what Batman vs. Superman was, but like Batman V Superman was. But uh, I, I, I never had a problem with the casting. And I always thought Cable was like my favorite Superman. They just didn't know what to do with the character and they always had him just like playing it wrong. So when he was happy at the end of Justice League and actually playing Superman, that's why Justice League is better than Batman v Superman in my book. Like, I think they get Batman in that movie pretty good. Maybe not right. I don't really care whether he kills or not. Who cares for me? But at the end of the day, uh, there's some things that you could probably like change and make him a little bit more interesting. But I never had a problem with Zack Snyder's vision of Batman. Always hated his vision of Superman. So to watch Josh Whedon get it so much better was like, it's so much more entertaining because they finally gave gave K-Ville the chance to play the way that he was supposed to, considering what that character is supposed to be. Zack Snyder's vision of Superman is wrong. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's wrong. So to have him come back as Superman again and get another chance to play him in other movies... I'm totally for it. I, I don't even care if they make a Justice League 2. I just don't want Zack Snyder to make it. And no, I don't think that the Snyder Cut will give him an opportunity to make more movies. I I think it's pretty clear he, he was a wrong-headed vision to begin with with that. This is more along the lines of, well, the rug was pulled out from him from the studio and from the universe itself. So let's give him another chance since these people won't shut up about it. And since we won't have any content produced in the next couple of years, why don't we take something where the footage is already done and we just have to add some special effects and some voices over it and then throw it online and get some streaming. Like it's, it's produced, it's shot, it's made. So they're not going to be able to shoot anything for a while now. That's free material. That's free content. 
why the hell wouldn't some streaming service buy it for him to finish it? So it makes all the sense in the world. But I want Cavill and I want Ben Affleck to come back and redeem the possibilities that they have for those roles. Ben Affleck in Justice League is so depressing. It's ridiculous when you compare him to how he's playing him in Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman is so much more. Is so much more. He's much more into it. He's way more into it. He's way more about it. Like there's so many actors who have said, including like Michael Shannon, that like they loved working for and with Zack Snyder, but I've just never been a fan of his material. So he may be great at casting and understanding whether these people would be good for those characters. And those people may look at those characters and say, great, I respond to them really well, but the like, he's not a good visual storyteller. So the movies never turn out well. Um, On top of like, I think he just has an absolute misunderstanding of Superman. So um, it'd be interesting to see what it is. And I would hope if they bring Cavill back, that it's under other people um, directing him. In fact, I heard a joke uh, somewhere, I don't know if this is true or not, that the director of um, Shazam wanted to digitally put Cavill back into the end of the credits so that it's so that it works because he got fired right before that happened. I'm for it. Um, okay. So... <laughs> to me, like I agree, like I think Justice League was easier to swallow than Batman v Superman, even though I really, really like. Okay, so like for Batman v Superman, I really like the um, I like the uh, Martha thing, the, warehou- yeah. the warehouse scene. Oh yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that like, is a great fight. It's a great fight. Um, but, like, that is such... That is, like, a diamond in the roughest rough. Um, um, and then would... Justice League is just... I was just, like... For Justice League, I was just, like, whatever. But, like... like what I was, like, whatever. Okay. This is Avengers again. This is Avengers again. I've seen this before. And but I'm okay with it. At least it's not BVS. I, with with Batman v Superman, I was in the theater, watching it in 70 millimeter film, and I was like, "What am I watching? What are me and my dad watching right now?" Right, <laughs> and the same one for Suicide Squad. <laughs> I think Suicide Squad is objectively a worse movie, but I think Batman v Superman is a bigger flashier like if um like if suicide squad it's like a bus that like got in an accident and it's just dirty and like really horrible to look at that's fine but like uh batman v superman is a hindenburg that's like like 60 people died and you can barely see their bodies but like the absolute like catastrophe of it will live in infamy it's just it's beautiful but it also is so boring it's the same thing with watchmen like Watchmen is beautiful and it's a great visual adaptation, but his his ideas about it are so wrongheaded in a lot of the most important scenes, and the movie moves at a pace that just lacks connective tissue. Uh, and when you have that many characters involved, it just you can't move at that pace. You can't take that story and tell it in two hours. You just can't. 
So it, you can take all the visual imagery you want and make it as beautiful as you want. And apparently he did. But it also, none of it works as a moving picture, which is what these are. These are motion pictures, baby. It's the motion picture business. He may be able to be a great photographer, but he doesn't know how to take one scene and connect it with another. It just never has, never will. I'm so sorry. I wish he could make something that didn't need music. I wish he could make something better than music videos, but that's what he does. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, and uh, I remember thinking at the same time, the same thing about BVS when I watched it. Now, as time has gone by, I, I always liked that warehouse scene. I always liked his view on Batman. I never mind the fact that he, I didn't mind the fact that he killed. I was interested in what his history and past was. Um, I liked everything he did about Batman. And I thought Wonder Woman was great. I thought she was well cast. I thought Gal Gadot it was fantastic. And even though the fight at the end I didn't care about, um, and her coming at the end was too little too late, I do think she was good. I thought she kicked a lot of butt. And I thought his idea of who she was was fantastic. Um, so again, casting, perfect. Uh, really... I, I, seeing those three people together at the end should have impact. It should have weight to it. But Superman sucks, and he's barely in the story. And Batman, while he is well done, it, and you do understand where he's coming from, you're also sitting there going, well, I also hate Superman now. I not only agree with you, but I also think the character is not somebody I want to hang out with anyway. And then you have Jesse Eisenberg running around doing his thing, which I'm kind of come to terms with, but also not quite. Um, but his plan doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And it adds to the convolution of the, of the, the convoluted nature of the film. And it just gets worse from there on out. And that's such an important element to the film that if the only thing you like is one third and less than, it's never going to work. And there is some beautiful imagery in that movie. There's some striking shots in that movie. I, I, I really just hate the fact that Zack Snyder films are great looking, but I don't care about them. It sucks. I wish I did. <laughs> I wish he was like, he could have been the next Michael Bay. Like I've been watching, I've been in finding myself in situations where I can put movies on mute and do work. And the th movies I've been running to lately to pass the time more on long hour shifts have been Michael Bay movies or, or Michael Bay looking movies. Cause he defined a lot of what I thought summer looked like on film. I may not have liked his movies by the time the transformers films were coming out, but by the time the first transformer film was out, I was like, his movies look like summer to me, the rock Armageddon, the island all this stuff looks like that movie looks like summer to me so i'll put his stuff on and i'll just look at it and i'm like ah oh, it's beautiful to look at despite the fact that i don't like the imagery and he's cutting a lot it's nostalgic for me enough that that's how i feel <clears throat> i wish i could feel that way with Zack snyder just looking at his stuff because it has the potential to do that his stuff always looks amazing and it has the potential to be striking on an emotional level but it never is his themes are there, but they're either wrong-headed or they're just not stuff that I like or agree with. Um, so it ruins the taste of everything on top of the fact that he doesn't know how to edit very well. 
Um, so yeah, I'm interested with the Snyder Cut. Way more interested in the idea that they continue the continue to use the people they have in their universe without Snyder. I really just I want them to move ahead without him. Like I, I doing some sort of flashpoint that would allow the Batman thing to be fixed. Sure, why not? I don't care. Ezra um, Miller showed up in the in the Flash TV show, so why not? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I when I saw Man of Steel, I was like, okay, that's that's okay. Gosh, that was years ago too. I have not seen Man of Steel in a long time, but I was, when I saw it, I'm like, it's fine. Hans Zimmer's really good. Um, that score, I really like that score. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh, but otherwise, like Superman's not my favorite comic book character. Um, hmm. I think when he's done well, I like him. Yeah, when he like, like I'd like that. That's my thing. Like, I've, if it was done better, I would have. Maybe I would. I think I would have liked it more. But like, yeah. Um. But yeah, so like Henry Cavill, he's fine as Superman, and actually like found his performance as Superman at the latter half of Justice League quite charming. And I was like, where the heck has that been? Because now we've got Aquaman and now we've got Wonder Woman who are and then um, yeah, we got those two like movies and now Wonder Woman's getting a sequel. Um, And Birds of Prey. And Birds of Prey. So, <laughs> Harley Quinn has in fact been emancipated, and gosh dang it, I still have yet to see that movie. I gotta see it. Um, fun. It's not great, but it's fun. I could use that right now. Um, it's, it's it's basically a Deadpool in Gotham. I see. So, like, to think that Superman, the flagship character of DC, arguably isn't like isn't the most interesting person in this universe right now is bizarre what makes it so much more bizarre to me is that that's the one they started with and the guy who's running it at the time doesn't like the character he doesn't like him he doesn't know how to treat him he doesn't care about him He's, he's they, used as a stepping stone to get to more interesting characters. And it's like, that's the that's the question to me. It's like, I, I can think of ways to make Superman interesting um, right off the bat. But like, to make, to put in someone in place who doesn't think the guy's interesting and then have him start out with that film is just crazy to me. Perhaps. I, perhaps they leaned a little too much into the um the whole like dark knight returns angle where frank miller's like superman's a freaking boy scout i'm gonna write a comic about him getting his ass kicked by batman and everyone loved it um i think everyone loved it i don't know i wouldn't be surprised no they they did at the time and then frank miller has gone on to take those ideas to even further extremes and kind of ruin that version of Batman with his ex- like extreme conservative ideas. So they were there in the eighties for sure. It, like 
Batman's always been kind of a bit of a fascist, so it's not a surprise <laughs> that that story goes. Um, so, yeah, like... That is such a funny sentence. Batman's always been sort of a fascist. Well, he, he, he's theatrical and he imposes his ideas on people by beating up criminals in the streets. Like, he, he, even when he thinks Superman is a threat, in the least possible way, despite him being a Boy Scout, he'll beat the crap out of him and kill him if need be, because that's how he thinks the world is supposed to be. So it's <laughs> crazy. Great. Like Batman is Batman is the, like seriously insane. He's smart, but he's also insane. Like yeah. his parents were murdered, so he dresses as a bat and beats up criminals at night. He's insane. Yeah, but so... super. What I love about Superman is the thing that I always remember from Kill Bill. Do you remember the end of Kill Bill? Uh, my dad was... I think my dad was watching Kill Bill because we just upgraded our cable service. Uh, it may have been Volume 2, though. Oh, God. That's what I'm talking about. Volume 2? It's at the very end of Volume 2 when she meets Bill. Yes, okay. Yeah, I have seen this. Just recently, so, too. So there's... In that moment, he... Um, is looking at Uma Thurman, Bill, and he's like, I found you hiding from me in the middle of Texas. You were pretending to be this other person and you were just going to marry this dude and have a baby. You were going to live a normal life and you were just going to be this person despite your history of being one of the best uh, hit people in the world. Um, and he goes, one of my favorite comic book characters is Superman. And one of my favorite things about Superman is the thing that differentiates, differentiates him from other superheroes like Spider-Man, for example. They have to put on costumes to be their characters. And then when they go home and take them off, they are Peter Parker. He puts on a costume to be Spider-Man. He has to go home and, and at the end of the day be Peter Parker. Superman is Superman. His costume is Clark Kent. He is an alien who comes here. The, the Superman outfit is the blanket that he wore when he came in to this world and when he when he needs to be a character and be his alter ego he pretends to be clark kent and clark kent is his uh critique on humanity he's weak he's feeble he's uh he trips over himself he's he is his idea of what humanity is because he is in a way superman and he's saying this to her because despite the fact that she would live in that small town with her baby and hide from Bill and do all this stuff and maybe run a, a record shop somewhere, she would always be a killer, a natural-born killer, and nothing would ever change. And that is the interesting thing about Superman. Superman lives in a world where he can critique humanity and look at them as less than, despite the fact that he feels equal to them being raised there and knowing that he wants to help them just live their ordinary lives. But the trick to Superman is he can't save everyone. He feels like he can, but he can't. That's how you treat him. That's why the first Superman movie is the best, the one from the 70s. The whole, the whole movie goes with him like saving people left and right. He stops Lex Luthor, but Lex Luthor still causes an earthquake that kills Lois Lane. Spoilers. And <laughs> kills Lois Lane. And he's like, ah, I tried so hard. I did everything. I thought I could do everything. So what does he do? He flies around the world. He rotates it backwards, and he takes he he causes time to go backwards. He say he saves Lois Lane by doing the impossible. 
So the man who thought he could save everyone turns out he couldn't. And to become a Superman, even on his own terms, he had to do something impossible on his own terms. That is how you do Superman well. So you can, it's possible, but it helps when the people making it actually believe in the fucking character in the first place. (laughs) But Zack Snyder's view on Superman is so bad. It's so bad that when they actually made the theatrical cut of BVS... It's they cut out all the Superman stuff going around being a reporter. Even he knew he's like, oh, that's right. Him as a reporter is even more boring than the other stuff I think is boring. Oh, cut him out. (laughs) Um, yeah, pretty imagery, but there's nothing behind him, though. Hello, I think he's capable of making good stuff. I think 300 has uh, an energy to it that. Uh, like music video style kind of works, but I also think there's not much, there's not enough story to it. And the B side is in the B story is just a woman like letting herself get raped. And then the guy just does what he wants anyway. So it all means nothing. It's just it's a lot of just like dumb stuff to that movie that already doesn't have a lot of stuff to it outside of visuals and music and action and hot dudes. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead remake, I think, is a solid remake. Um, I could not get past the first 15 minutes of Al Zagul. I just started getting real bored. Uh, Never Let Watchmen. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Sucker Punch. I think that movie is incredibly wrongheaded. Yeah. I think it, I dig the performances in it. I dig a lot of the chances that he's trying to make. But um, it's completely wrongheaded. It's going to be interesting... To see the Snyder cut in con like in um with the context of these of Warner Brothers finding their feet after BVS like and after Suicide Squad. They found it. Like with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and like with this more upbeat version. They're, they're putting so, their in on characters, um, but they don't have faith in a universe anymore. In other words, they could make as many single films as they want. They could make another Joker, or they could make a Batman that just happens to have Harley Quinn in it if they want. They could make it as obscure as Logan or as on par as uh, Birds of Prey where other characters show up again. But at the end of the day, if they want to make a Justice League, and put the top tier up there again, the ones that the the ones that's an Avenger type thing. That's what they don't have faith in. They don't know if they can do that again. It's going to be a while before we get like the top best heroes in a room together to do Justice League two. But they're they can make as many Aquaman or you know Wonder Woman's or Shazams as they want. But to get them all in a room and say this is our universe, we've connected it. It's going to take the kind of time that they decided they didn't have time to take in the first place. So they're yeah. right back to where they started. They're just luckily have a handful of actors and characters that work. So there you go. Uh, Henry Cavill, come back. We love you. Don't listen to ben the Affleck internet. Back. Ben Affleck, come back too. Henry Cavill, Cavill, and Ben Affleck, Aflac, come back. Especially now that he's now that it appears that Ben Affleck is starting to get his life back together, which is an applauding effort. Um yeah. Wayback is supposed to be good, and he's he's supposedly had something this Christmas with Damon. So nice. Um, what else was there? 
Um, 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 um I okay. So I'm gonna ask you this. Maybe a short discussion, but there was there was talk. You don't trust the site, but there was talk about them making continuing on with Solo Han Solo. Okay. <clears throat> plus. How would you feel if they just made a Han Solo story on Disney Plus that was episodes long? It was like a show, like a Mandalorian thing. I think I'd be more okay with that. Oh yeah, I mean, it would just the very fact that it wouldn't be um um an entry. Uh, 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 I forgot the name of the first movie you do when you bring someone into a story. Whatever Batman Begins is. Um. I think uh, I'd be okay with it because it's not like released and it's not released in theaters. You know, it's smaller. You could just it's on Disney Plus, so it's not like it doesn't have these massive expectations behind it, such as like a movie would. Um, and I'd probably enjoy it more just solely on the fact that it's not an origin story. Um, Thank you. Origin story. That was the phrase I was like, okay. Yes, an origin story. Um, You'll leave me hanging there, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I would. I think I would enjoy it more as I kind of work. But okay, I just gotta. I just gotta watch Solo again. I think the thing. Like I've been thinking about this all way. Like the one thing I did take away from Solo was how freaking good it looked. It does look good. It just jumps right into it. My my problem with Solo, the last couple times I've tried to watch it, is they literally just jump. You like your moments in. You're like, who's this dude? He's got this thing. It's on Solo. Who's this girl? He's got this necklace. Who's this boss? He's running away. They're in this place. They're getting away from what system? What's going on? Like, it's Why just. Why is Daenerys a in this movie? Uh, I don't care about that. I want Amelia. Where's her dragon? I, yes, I do miss the dragons. That is for sure. Dragons always looked good. Anyway. And she looked badass riding them. Except when she burned the city! Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say that's my, that's my biggest problem for me recently. The last couple of times I've tried to watch it. Just like I can't get into that pace. It's so like rampant. But I know that I, I'm warming up to the guy. And I, ha- and I know that I like him as Lando. I like Amelia Clark. I like Woody Harrelson. Um, I haven't even seen the heist at the train that gets his, like, group killed. I haven't even seen the Kessel Run, really. So, like, I, I mean, I want to sit down and give it a shot. But I can see the problems that are there inherently. Um, but I also don't think it looks bad. And I don't think the actors are bad. And I don't remember thinking that the movie was terrible. Um, so I, I'm just trying to be like you, like you said last time, just being okay with an okay Star Wars movie. I thought Rogue One was okay, and I do think Rogue One is okay until its last 40 minutes. It's like an it's a good-looking movie with a good sense of scope and scale, which is why I like that director. Um, and it all pays off when you get to the well, 40 minutes. Directors. <laughs> uh, yes, directors, but I guarantee you the imagery that I responded to the most uh comes from a guy like gareth edwards um yeah i'd be uh, that's fine by me it's probably the place where they maybe should have taken in the first place honestly again i would love a good redemption story for that for that movie 
that yeah. cast. Um, Rise of Skywalker deserves to be booed on. I think the sequel trilogy deserves to be analyzed and critic and to be um, critiqued. But there's this thing with Solo. There's this thing with Rogue One that people really responded to. The, the despite the fact that it's kind of hap- like ha- kind of aimless a little bit for a long time before it gets great as yeah. a war movie it knows it's a war movie at the end um and then there's just solo hanging out there and like these two movies are not that bad and they get a lot of like crap and then you look at skywalker and people were just like so forgiving of it it's like on this grandiose scale and it's like you i i just don't know i feel like people are kicking kicking david in the balls while goliath is like yeah he's all right um Yeah. Plus, um, the guy who plays Chewbacca now, he really... I just I just want him to... Like, he like he is... Like, oh, gosh, what... Um, I forget his name. Um, I think it's Junus Suetamo. Anyway. Um, he is a great guy. He loves playing the role. I just want to see him happy more. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy, and he really enjoys the role. It's like, and he and he took he took part in the make solo two happen thing. He's just like, yeah, let's do it, guys. That's the kind of guy he is. Um, um, yeah, I I think there was there was even a thing that I saw. There were like another. I don't remember the thing where the site was again, but people were talking about Finn coming back, and it was like, yeah, dude, like give these characters another shot for sure. Bring. Chewie was somebody who's obviously going to live longer than his own than than Ford. Finn, so like, Finn might yeah. be a little tricky because D- John, John Boyega has said that I think he thinks that Finn should get his own movie, not his own show. Like he's big enough for a show, for a movie, which is. That, I mean, I get, I do understand that, but to me, that's ego, especially yeah. when I if this if he had smart people around him, they would look. That to me is the wrong people being around him. Being like, you deserve a movie, not a show. That's someone who's been in the business so long that they don't understand now that the real, the real thing you should be saying is you need a show, not a movie. Yeah. Yeah, you need a thing that people... You need a thing that is of the quality of a film, 10 episodes long, and that people can watch in their home and feel like you're inviting you into their homes. Yeah, like, why would you ever do that? That hasn't made anybody a huge star over the past 10 years. That hasn't helped several careers. Right. Um, like, it's amazing to me that that stigma of television now or, like, episodic, like, um, shows are lesser than movies is still around in 2020. Certainly in the business. After everything that's come out. After all the good stuff that's come out. There's still that stigma. Well, the interesting thing is that it the the way it was always going to go was that the less the more big movies that go to theaters, the less creative people get pushed uh, get allowed to make them. So, like, really interesting creative directors get pushed out by corporate um, BS. So that's why it's people like David Lynch it was like, I'm not going to make a new movie. I'm going to make twin peaks but i'm not really gonna just make twin peaks i'll maybe make 
seven episodes worth of material that like is a sequel to the show. But really, I'm going to make another seven episodes of material of just basically new David Lynch stuff. And I'm going to celebrate my career. And I'm going to make 18 episodes of this thing. That's really one whole movie because I can't do that in film anymore. And that's why that's why uh, Quentin Tarantino said, like, I'm going to make 10 movies. And then after that, I'm probably going to make miniseries. And like, yes, please, please do that. How amazing would it be if we were getting eight hour stories from this dude rather than just maybe three or sometimes four hour stuff? Like, please. The guy's so good. He's so specific on what he does. Please give me something that's eight hours long. Like, yes. That guy's not going to go and fill it with the same TV stuff that TV people make. That's why I hate watching a good idea go on a network television today because they're going to take it and they're going to stretch it for 25 episodes rather than make it a solid maybe 10 or 13 because they got to fill the normal schedule that they have. Whereas on like Netflix, despite it being a binge thing, you can make that story tighter. You don't have to worry about the dates. So I like, there's so many opening that openings now, but if you're an actor, it's more of an ego thing. And it's more of his agents being like, yeah, man, you can carry a movie. You don't need a TV show. But like, honestly, the guy was on the cover of three star Wars movies. He was pretty much the lead co-star of the force awakens. He's pretty much half the lead to uh, one third of the leads. I would say, of Last Jedi before he was absolutely sidetracked in the third movie. He deserves his own movie as a character Finn. Yes, absolutely. But, dude, take a show. Look at The Mandalorian, man. Take a show. Absolutely take a show. Why would you not? Why would you be stupid? Mm. I could understand being hurt and being sort of feel like you were messed around with this character and with this opportunity and thinking you deserve better because he does. But when you have that opportunity there, you run with it. And a prime example is Obi-Wan Kenobi with um, uh, Ewan McGregor. Like, he's basically as an assassin in the third movie. And he's saying stupid lines like, he killed younglings. Like, who cares? He's the best performance in that movie. And people still like him. So, yeah, he's going to go for a show. And he's going to try and fix it. He's going to try and be like, I'm not going to end up that way. I'm good. I'm going to make it good with this. Like, he should do that. Yeah. Um. I'm like, okay, yeah. So, hashtag make Solo two happen. <laughs> hashtag release the Lord Miller cut. Um. Release the Lord of Miller cut. Make Solo two happen. Give that actually would be amazing if they did that. Anyway, um. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Um. Shot. Sadly. <laughs> Anything else? Not really news-wise. Have you watched anything? Okay. So, no, but... um, I invested in virtual reality. Okay. Millionaire. Got it. Got it, yes. Um, I got... I went and... I went out. I didn't go out. Um, I went online... Sorry. And I bought a PlayStation VR headset. And it came with two games. It came with a golf game, which I have yet to try. And one is of a woman in sparkling, like, jewels dress, just kind of being like, ooh, you've created me. I am your creation. No, 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 no. This is not. 
Why don't you get your little red rocket ready for me? Little this was not a holiday special scenario. Uh, uh, it's time to blow your load, as Chris Rosen would say on the Maestro Movie Podcast. Hashtag your load, Wookie. <laughs> um, but hashtag load, Wookie style. And it also came with this game called Blood and Truth. Oh my god. Now, Alex. Like life. Blood or truth. Blood and truth. Um, ah, big difference. Yes. Um, Alex. Imagine a Guy Ritchie. If Guy Ritchie wrote a crime action movie and Isla Nyshuler directed it. Uh, Except you have control over who gets shot. So you're not making decisions like that impact the plot. You're just the action movie hero who shoots bad guys. That's all your a- that's your agency. So you're basically so you're basically dread. Yes, dread just shoots people based off the rules and has no emotional connection to whatever's going on around him. No, but like it's not even like. No, okay, so... Okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little... But like, yeah, it's it just... It's, um... It's very British. Okay. Um, it's very... It's, like, very... Uh, it just reminded me of Guy Ritchie. I was like, I felt like I was watching, like, the hardcore Henry version of The Gentleman... Um, it sounds like this game is basically based off of Guy Ritchie's earlier work, which I'm assuming you have not seen. No. Okay, so Except yeah. Except for that clip with Jason Statham and Brad Pitt that you that, showed me. Okay, so yeah. So he broke onto the scene by basically ripping off uh, Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie, Jackie Brown type stuff, but it's set in London. And that's where he created his style with Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, uh, Revolver, Rock and Roller with Gerard Butler, and Revolver. Um, And then would come back later with The Gentleman. The Gentleman is a comeback of those movies for him. That's like the sixth crime-talking movie that he's ever made. So it sounds like this game was just basically inspired by Lockstock and Snatch. Yes. Um, Just need to see his other work for sure. Absolutely. It's good stuff. Early it's, Jason Statham is really funny. It's insane. Um, Sorry, trademark. Um, and yeah, now I don't know what's real anymore. Being in virtual reality, but Beat Saber is <laughs> great, though. So it sounds like you would eat the steak in the Matrix. Mm. Yes, I would eat the steak in the Matrix. Your turncoat. I'm a turncoat. Um, besides that, there's not really much else other than, yeah, that's all I pretty much did. <clears throat> uh, so I watched a ridiculous amount of Jackie Chan movies for Peter's podcast. Yes, you're calling me a turncoat. I'm kidding. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> 
I chose to do that. Well, they, they decided we were going to do Jackie Chan. I'm the one who decided to watch. One moment. 11 Jackie Chan movies. I, I, I took out. Sorry. I, I, I just had a, a blanket thrown in my face. Yeah, go ahead. You had a blanket thrown in your face? Yeah, I got another. I got it. I got another hand-me-down comforter from my parents. So. Oh, those are always nice, especially when they're thrown in your face. Yes. Anyway, that must be that must be a wonderful Christmas full of black eyes and wonderful gifts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, yeah. So um, I watched a bunch of Jack Chan movies. Um, these are the ones that I would highly suggest for you. And we're doing the series wheel next, right? Uh, we're doing the good wheel, and then we're doing the... Because this was a bad movie! Anyway, go ahead. Movie, that's right. Um, so I'll keep that in mind. Um, uh, the, the three that I would highly suggest would be um, something called Snake in the Eagle's Shadow. And it was from 1978. It's really funny, and the kung fu is really good. The editing is really good, too. Kind of blew me away, honestly. And it turns out, like, all the people who made that would go on to be really amazing and influential in all of, like, Hong Kong cinema. Uh, the second one would be... Well, four. I'll go four. The second one would be Police Story, and that um, is from 1985. Uh, it's an amazing action movie filled with amazing stunts and uh, uh, some really good shtick in it. But like they like, have you ever seen Bad Boys Two? Uh, I think I have in a past life, aka childhood. Um, it's like huge sections of this movie that people have taken in American movies too. Like it's hugely influential. But like there's this, there's like a huge gunfight at the beginning. Cops piss themselves. And then all of a sudden, as the bad guys try to drive away, they drive through an entire shanty town along a hill. So Jackie Chan grabs a car and he traces them down, too. So you're just seeing people trying to jump out of the way in their own homes while these cars are just driving through this shanty. It's amazing. It's beautiful. There's a fight in the, uh, at a mall in the end that he's just breaking glass everywhere. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, years later, he would make a sequel to it. He would make a few sequels to this. But the third one called Super Cop um, was amazing, Chris. I had never seen it. It blew me away. We are talking Fallout levels. Good. Like, (laughs) amazing. Like, the stunts in this were phenomenal. Um, And then when I was doing my research, it turns out uh, Quentin Tarantino considered it one of his favorite movies of the 90s. But also, he's like, it has the best stunts in any movie I've ever seen. And I was watching and I was like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the last 15 minutes of Super Cop are insane. They're insane. The bad guy dies in such a great way too. Highly suggest you look up uh, Jackie Chan's Super Cop. Please, Chris. Amazing action movie. But this one okay. was my favorite. This one was my favorite. The Legend of Drunken Master. So the movie that made Jackie Chan a star was in 1978 as well from the same writer and direct, same writer, same director, same cast and crew that made Snake and the Eagle's Shadow. It made a huge, it was a huge hit and it made him a star. And in the nineties, he came back and he made a sequel called Legend of the Drunken Master. Chris, some of the best Kung Fu I've ever seen. 
the last 20 minute fight is the best fight I've ever seen in a movie period. Okay. Never seen this movie. It was best out of all the ones, all of the movies I watched. And I watched the last rush. I watched all the rush hours, watched some more action movies, all the police stories, this movie, there's, there's a, a hand to hand. There's like a fight with a spear under a train. It's I, I, you would have to pause it frame by frame to just figure out how they did it. It's, Hmm. It's mind mind blowing. It was guess what, Chris? Insane. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Um, uh, a lot here, and that is why it's trademarked until unless somebody else did it. Probably. Uh, I those I would suggest Supercop and Legend of Drunken Master if you're looking for amazing action movies. Okay. Um. Yeah. Since you. Yeah. No. No. Never mind. Um. Yeah, I'll give that a, I'll give that a look. I need, I need something because I'm losing my grip here. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think that's it. Dang it! All right. Good times never last. Um, <laughs> the cat in the hat. 2003? Uh, oh. Yeah, it's 2003. Whoops. <laughs> I just looked at the definition of the word the. What is the definition of the word the? I don't care. Um, I didn't want to talk about that. 2003. All right. All right. So, Chris, uh, do you remember who put this on the wheel? Was it you or Zach? I it may have been me. It's one of you twos. It's one of you twos. To me, just would have been a curiosity for me. Then I think Zach put it on the bad wheel. Not that I want. Because um... this went straight to the bad. I don't think I may have done it because I did watch it recently, and that may be the reason I put it there. But I don't think so. No, that was this is this is definitely not you. This was definitely not you. This isn't the kind of bad movie you'd put on this wheel. Uh, yeah, if you're saying that you for sure, but when we put it on the bad wheel, there was no curiosity. Was there? No. Oh, all right, fine. Because it's this has been on for a while. Okay. I I I thought we'd put it on recently. Anyway, um, feels recently, yes, but like. The, the curiosity wheel is far more recent than you think. So do you remember when, during the holiday special, where I quoted my, uh, one of my, uh, when, I, when I quoted uh, one of my uh, growing favorite uh, sports writers, uh, John Boyce, when he said, we are wandering the streets of the absurd. If we can't make one right turn, the three left turns will send us in the same direction. Yes. I think... The bad thing. wheel is now stuck in a vortex of, like, whatever was in that crate. I can tell you right now, Chris, that there are worse things on that list you don't, you have not no, seen. No, 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 I'm sure, like, I'm not saying, like, in terms of, like, how bad this is. I'm talking about how bizarre this is. How weird this is. To, like... For someone to sit down and study Dr. Seuss's book and come to and the come conclusion up. that 
if this was in a live action scenario, this is what would have happened. Like, trademark, 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 this movie is insane. Start to finish. Well, like, uh... <laughs> he put on food as football pads. Right? And does he do that? When he... Zach's coming soon. Uh, when he... At the beginning, when he's sliding downstairs in a freaking baking pan. Yes? Yes? Do I need to be quiet? Tell him good luck. We're talking cat in the head here. Okay. Thank you. Um, I just... Say what now? Or hand me down blanket? Uh, no, um, some quite uh, useful information that I needed to know. Um, okay, not useful, just like very important information I needed to know. Um, right. Then. So, like, he's sliding down the stairs in a baking pan. Remember, like dressed in food, and he puts a loaf of bread in his crotch as a cup. I do not remember that. What? Pull it up right now. Watch it. I've got, I'm watching. I I immediately when you told me to put it up, I paused it and I paused it immediately on Parasil. Zach's here. Okay, so let me find this bread cup. Wait, are you talking about the kid or the hat? Yes. The kid, the the oh, boy, the Spencer Breslin. Oh, yes, he takes a bunch of bread and he shoves it in his crotch. That's right. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's covered in toad food. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing like microwave popcorn as knee pads. <laughs> it's such a. Waste. I was just like, we are in for a ride. It gets an worse from here. Um. Uh, yeah. It's it's bad. So, as Zach eventually joins us, um, I know he's in the room, the chat, or the, the call, but I can't hear him. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> what, was your, what was your reaction after seeing... He's that? here. He's in. Okay, what's up, Zach? You here? Yeah, I'm here. Is there any... We, we were just about to get into the movie. Is oh, there any news? Is there any news or anything you wanted to talk about? We talked about Henry Cavill. Talked about the possibility of a Finn or a or a solo TV show, and we talked more about the Snyder Cut. Uh, you guys are missing the most important thing that's happening right now in our Turn it! time. Uh, and we also talked about the of what's been going on in the world. Yeah. Okay. We covered all the bases. By we, I mean Alex, because I let him. Yeah, he, he didn't watch Alex to talk about the Minneapolis riot. Well, the Twin City riots. He literally oh, walked up. He went down riot. from my tree. This is, this is the national riots. These are the national protests. Well, well, the official name they've given this is the Twin City riots. Anyway, for us, for sure. But yeah, like every city right now, and the nation is on fire. The nation is on fire. We talked it's about started, it. Started here for sure, but like it's escalated. Oh yeah. Uh, but yes, we talked about it. We talked okay. about it. Uh, past that, 
I swear there was something I wanted to talk about, and then... Um, Sailor crap. Moon is getting a stage show? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not there. Nice. That's I not there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, sir. I don't know, Sailor Moon. <laughs> uh, Alex told me something interesting today. Sound like sequel in the works. Not, not today, but like... Now this is this has to do with more specifically our podcast. Oh man, we were in the movie. Ah, okay, go ahead. Uh, Alex told me when he's gonna finally watch Avatar: Last Airbender. No, he didn't. I followed that thread. Yes, he did. He said he's gonna watch it when we hit the Last Airbender. I said, well, yeah, when we watch when we hit the movie, it's an excuse for me to start the show. Yeah. Oh no! Am I gonna have to do an involuntary like bad movie? Spin? Are you gonna? Are you gonna watch Legend of Korra too? No, no. That has nothing to do. No, Korra has nothing to do with that movie. Well, here's the thing. I think it's an excuse to start one of the best anime television shows of all time. And Korra, not necessarily, but it's a sequel to one of the best. Well, let me let me put it this way: When I started watching the Indiana Jones things, I kept watching them even after we were done with the series because I enjoyed it. So if I enjoy something, I'm gonna keep watching. But like. The point is having a reason, and the reason I'm watching things nowadays is mostly for two podcasts. So if I hit it on, if we hit the movie, that gives me a reason to watch the shows and get more history about like how the movie was made, but also why people are so upset about the trans the transition. On top of it just being a horribly made movie, <laughs> which that it definitely is. Yeah. Um, it's like, the, when I, me watching things right now is because I'm doing two different podcasts, pretty much. There's trust me. There's so many other things I wish I was watching because I wasn't yeah. working seven days a week. So there you go. But whatever. That's the fact that I have podcasts to be able to watch. And like I was telling Chris that I watched eleven Jackie Chan movies, and the ones that I highly suggest the most, even to you, Zach, Super Cop and Legend of Drunken Master were two of the best things I've seen in a long time action movie wise. Both amazing. Legend of the Drunken Master is really good. <laughs> Legend of Drunken Master was phenomenal. And then Super Cop was amazing. The last 15 minutes of both of those movies are jaw dropping. They are they're, they're cinematic classics. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But the, yeah, those are the that's Legend what, of, what Legend else? Of something I would watch if I'd want to keep going. Honest to God, I, I don't want to be like this guy, but like I just don't feel like really there's been any news because the world's been so pulled up, especially no. this week with the George Floyd riots. Yeah, nothing has happened. Well, the riots have happened in the last like. Less they started on Monday. They well, I mean, they started on Tuesday, but like, I mean, so that's what two two days of stuff, and then past that's just been world coverage of that. But then also we had the pandemic. We we weren't having that much news in the first place. Yeah. So I, it's it's a lot. But again, as I said to Chris, like, I I I think Henry Cavill coming back is a big deal. Because I think he's a good Superman. Yes, well, he's a great actor, and I'm so, honest to God, I, I don't want to sound rude, but I'm a little surprised that he even signed that contract, considering that he's doing Witcher full-time now. Well, I don't think they plan on making another Superman movie or a Justice League for a long time, but if they could get him into a Shazam 2 or a Wonder Woman 3 
or, or something like Aquaman two or whatever. Yeah, have him show up for a bit or two, put him back in the world, man. Like that's all. Like Batman, the same thing with Affleck. Affleck, they've been talking to him too. It's like if he comes in just for a little bit, so they can flash point him out. Like these would be great ways to exit these actors out better than how they got their exits in the first place. Yeah, I think and. Uh, Chris, we're doing series in two weeks, right? Yeah, good good movie wheels next. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Once we pick a series, I think I'm going to put the DC AMU on that, just because. Well, be on there. Oh, AMU. No, uh, well, you have to get it on there through the normal process, but if that's the yeah, one no, you want no, to... I will try to get it on through the normal process. I, I don't think we should do that just yet. You think we should watch like the... That's like 15 movies, right? Yeah. And they're all animated the yep. same way? Yep. With the same look? Gen- yeah. I, yeah. I have or other friends. I would rather go to Marvel and watch 22 of those before I go to the animated DC universe first. That's an interesting take. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, the problem that I look, I like the DC animated universe, but they all have the same look. They may be great stories, but they all look, they all have that same art deco square jaw style. And after a while watching 15 of them, it's kind of like, okay. Like the Marvel, I, I guess for me it, it just felt so much more natural because I watched it over the course of seven years. So I was only watching one or two of them a year. So I was like, "Oh, I remember this art style. That's cool." Well, dude, I'm sure you watch Batman the animated series too. Well, it's it's not the same. It's not the same thing. It's not the same universe. I know it's the same universe, but it's close to the same style. That's my point. The, yeah, like, the yeah. TV movies have not. The the, D, the DC animated movies have not strayed from that style since the Superman Batman movies uh, shows of the early '90s. They've stuck with that. It's been tradition now, and I have no problem with it. But like for the series wheel for 15 weeks straight, do I want to just look at that? No, not really. It's, no. And also, those movies are like they're not the, how long? Well, how long are they? Are they around? An they're hour like an hour and a half. half. They're like an hour and a half. Yeah, I would rather go to... We have so many other franchises that we could be talking about for fun first. It's not like I don't think it's a bad idea. It's like on top of the, all the other franchises on the backlog, there's so many other ones we could be talking they're, about. Well, they're like, they're, like, they're like 80 minutes to an hour and a half each. Those are just my arguments for why not. Yeah, no, you, you make a good point. Like, Don't get me wrong. The nice thing is, is there, a lot of them are very short bites and if you want to cut it down we could do two movies a week which wouldn't be that hard to do because luckily they're very short so it's like watching seven two hour 40 minute movies mm, maybe i'll think which, about it which could help condense it down so you're not thinking about that style for that long you're not thinking about other things. I don't know. Like, There's a number of ways we could do it just to get through it. I know there's a lot of them that are just like very good and then there are some that are just like oh, this is just like another movie in this style. It's in our story. You know, it's fun for the moments it's in and that's about it. Yeah, it's just uh, that's a lot for being not the most they're not the most expensive looking animated movies. 
they're kind of they're kind of they cut some corners with those. Is all I'm saying. Like visually, we have so many other things that we could focus on. For 15 weeks, if we're gonna do that. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be itching for something real different, real fast. Yes, I again, it's there's a, I understand, I understand. But I, I, I may I, end up just be a lot of fun. They've got again, they, they've got a really good cast, and they, there are things to latch onto that are are fun. And interesting. No, I think they they swear they can have sex. They take chances. They're more adult. They have great casts and everything. But their animation has never been something to write home about for me. Just never. Yeah. Uh, I I like if it was a TV show where I could watch a half an hour and binge them as long as I want. Like I may watch them on my own for fun. But for something that I'm going to dedicate the time that I do for the movies that we watch on here. For 15 weeks, like what, what, like, I'm not going to be able to get that much out of just like having to like dive into the characters themselves. After a while, I'm going to be running into the same writers and producers for every single 15th movie. These are the things that I'm going to have trouble with. But also, when we get to the series thing, I also want to hear the back catalog because, like, I think you feel that I don't think we have a back catalog for the series wheel. Oh my god, do we have a back catalog for the series wheel? Do we have we? a massive one. Massive. Uh, anyway, um, my next question would be, did you recommend Cat? We do have a backlog for the series, Will. Sorry. That's fine. Did you, did you recommend Cat in the Hat? Me? Yeah. I don't know. It always seems to be me when it's these terrible... No, I, I, I think it was me. I, it must have been Chris. It must have been Chris pre. But for me, it would have been a curiosity more than that. I don't think it might have been me. It might have been me. It may have also been me because, like I said, I watched it not just not but a year ago, and that that would fit within the window of possibility. But this has been on there for a while. That's what I'm saying. This has been on before the Curiosity Wheel, so it could be Chris. I, I don't remember putting it on there before the curiosity wheel. It, you know, curiosity wheel was like you know what? You know what? I think it was me. I think it was me. And the reason why is because I think at the time I was like thinking of really bad movies, and this always seemed to come up on it. It's a bad one. It it's a bad is one. a really bad one. <laughs> anyway, so, I seem can we talk about cat and the hat? What? Can we talk about cat and hat? Well, that's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Zach, how did you feel watching it again this time? Oh, man. The, the non <laughs> movie. I don't... Where do I begin on this movie? I um, was just starting to rant. Like, I was just about to go. Oh, man. Where do I begin? So, um, so there are, like, two moments in this movie... I have moments I, as well. ...that I consistently remember that I always thought was funny, but, like... In retrospective rewatching, I'm just like, wow. And that was when he cut off his tail. <laughs> okay. And when he was about to beat that guy with a bat. <laughs> yeah. The one that's always in the memes. Those are like <laughs> the two. <laughs> that was uh, oh, interesting. Okay. Alex. You should probably go. Okay, no, 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 no. Hold on. You know, Let me I'm explain. Like re scrolling through it while we're watching, and like then there's this lawyer scene. They're just, oh man. Oh, this. <laughs> so I was explaining, right? Like, of how somebody 
like studied the original source material of the Doctor Seuss Cat in the Hat, and in a live action scenario, this is how they interpreted it. Like with the with the holiday special, I didn't want to think that was drugs. Like I didn't want to think that. That, that that's too easy. There's no other answer here. There is no other answer here. See, I there's I can refuse to believe there's another answer here. See, this is the funny thing. The holiday special, the answer is very easily drugs. It's the era, and you just look at it, and it's not interesting. I wasn't saying it wasn't. I was saying I was in denial. I know, but that's my point. The fact that you're, like, in denial of that, but you look at this and you say, yes, it's drugs, and then I looked at the history of this. No, (laughs) this wasn't drugs. This was was people with serious uh, 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 desires to make an interesting movie, uh, clashing heads. It was interesting. (laughs) Well, I'm going to get into what I think is good about this movie. I was going to ask you guys, do you think there's anything good about this movie? Okay. I think there's, like, very, very minor things. I think, like, the absurdism of this movie at times can be interesting. I think, Um, like, I think, like, the idea that, like, 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 Mike Myers is a dick. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> don't get, get me wrong. You can like see it through all of it, and you can even see some of like the interesting attempts they tried to do. Everything like I think like all in all, like I I think like the avant garde of this movie is like super interesting. There's always crazy weird shit in the background. And how the and you can tell that like a lot of this was made. This is a set that they they functionally destroyed. This was that is the thing. This was absurd to the highest level, but it was so darn impressive how they pulled it off. I am it, super it, into how they did this. Yeah, like the movie, like that's from a, like a real from a, set. From a visual background standpoint, this movie is very interesting. Gotcha, guys. This is what I wanted to hear from you because now I'm going to get into how this movie got made. Story time! This movie is insane, but, like, trademark. There was... There's a guy named Bob Welch, and he had never made a movie before this as a filmmaker. He had had worked in the early 80s in the art department and basically worked his way up in the late 90s until he became a production designer for, oh, some of the best 80s movies ever. He's been nominated four times for Oscars for production design. He's been working production design all the way up to the series of unfortunate events uh, that is on Netflix currently, and he's even directed some of those episodes. So, no, Bob Welch has worked in the business for quite some time, but he never directed... Oh, Robert Bo Welch. Yeah, so that Bo Welch for some reason in this movie. So he he is mostly known for the Tim Burton for early Tim Burton movies like Beetlejuice and and stuff like that. So this guy, well, it looks like like Beetlejuice and a lot of those. This movie looks like that and like Ghostbusters too. The sets are amazing. The the design is beautiful. The book the book in and of itself has only four real primary colors. So the film strengthens that by having primary colors, uh, the ones from the book mostly, being the most dominant ones. So that's why mostly green is everywhere, orange is around as well. Purple. And, um, 
purple, and as well as the cat's colors, red, white, black, as well. Um, so he wanted to work within those, th those frameworks. I also think that the CGI is not bad as well in some of the occasions. It, it, I think it's aged way better than a lot of things. from. I think the fish looks kind of good, despite it looking very 3D. Like, yes, I do think the fish is pretty detailed, actually. Yeah, all things because, like, like, the fish looks super fake, don't get me wrong. But, like, the fish looks just great. Like, yeah. like ab absolutely great. And I, honestly, I'm a little shocked this movie didn't win Best Makeup for its year. Because the makeup in this film is stunning. Um, makeup is pretty impressive, and, and Myers had to go through a lot to get it done. My thing is, like, it's okay if the fish looks fake. Everything else does. The, think of the world no, no, you're currently not, inheriting. It, it, of it course. Fits it, it's not necessarily that the fish looks fake. It's just the fish looks animated, which isn't a problem because it fits in the world. But with, when the rest of the world looks so I, art deco and so real and so based in reality, and then you have this super animated thing... I will. I will say just, that the, it pulls you out a little bit. Just a, I will say, but it's okay. I will say the CGI did look better on VHS back in the day. I, I, I gotta say, hundred percent. I think. I think my whole point with the fish is that it does look animated, but it doesn't look cheap. It no, looks no, or out of place. Honestly, like, it, it's like the it's like the uh, the John Goodman monster from Monsters Inc. He is still look. He looks dated nowadays. But his hair looks really amazing. So there are qualities of it that is detailed very like, much. So like I'm just like watching the scenes out of this and like they're at the box right now where he just bring out the box and he like put down the crab lock. The crab lock looks super fake and horrible. But like the, yeah, yeah. But the like, crab lock for sure. But like the like and Dakota Fanning kind of great in this too. Not gonna lie. Well, I'm going to get into that. Uh, so, uh, that Bob Welch, that's why the film, I think, Whoa. looks as well as it does. No, it's Bob or Bo sometimes. Okay. It's Bob. Uh, I don't know why he went Bo here, but, like, it's Bob. Uh, uh, he, that's why it looks the way it does. That's why the makeup is as, the way it does. That's why the colors are so bright. That's why there's a texture to this that I like to call the, um, the Everlast music video of the 90s look. There's an Everlast um, uh, video where these the whole band is like outside a woman's door, and it's, you're basically seeing it through the keyhole, um, both sides. They would play to her, and she'd be like, I'm not going to open the door for you. But the sky is really blue, and the grass is really green, and everything is super bright. But it's real. It's like tangible still because it's the 90s, and there wasn't really CGI anywhere. So that, that's the look that this movie has that I think is also very pleasant that works really well in those early Tim, Bur Tim Burton movies too. Um, then you get to the actual like casting and writing of this. So the writing of it was originally done by Eric Roth, but that script circulated around for too long. And then they eventually had it rewritten by three guys who worked on Seinfeld. That was oh my God. <laughs> Hold on. I immediately thought of Eli Roth. And then I thought, wait a minute, that's not the same guy. Oh man. I'm Eli Roth. Right. <laughs> Oh, cannibals would have showed up real fast in that story. <laughs> uh, Go on. Um, so they um, finally get uh, some jokes in there. They finally start working on it, and they go, great. So who do we have in mind? 
Tim Allen. That's right. Oh. Tim Allen to be the cat in the hat. He desperately wanted to be the cat in the hat. He was so afraid of the cat as a kid that he wanted to do, make a version of it that was like fun, but still embedded that scariness that he felt to a kid. So I'm like, you wanted to be Pennywise? What? I, I don't get it. What do you want to be? Honest like, to God, you... I kind of think, I, I think that'd be kind of awesome. That no, I can't, see it. I can't see it now. I can't see it now. I can't I see, see it either. Like, I know Matt, I know Mike Myers. This version of the cat? Heck no. No. The, like, I can't see, I can't see Tim Allen in full makeup. And I can't, and here's the thing, like, whatever Mike Myers is doing, it's not the cat from the book. Like, he's not rhyming and he's making up dumb, cheap, lazy catchphrases like, oh yeah, like, or like, oh god, there was another one that he would do. It was like, hey, I'm looking at you or something like that. They're just the most lazy jokes. They have nothing to do with him being a cat and nothing to do with him and the kids. It doesn't even. It's not even Doctor Susian. It's just lazy. Oh yeah, he stole that from the fucking Kool Aid Man. Like, ugh, really, really pisses me off how lazy Mike Myers' performance is in this. Because here's where I really wanted to figure out what went wrong here. I was like, okay, so. Mike Myers is obviously really bad. I'm going to get into the history of him behind the scenes soon. But why did this movie get made this way? And it turns out it's because Jim Carrey's The Grinch was produced by the same company. Ron Howard's... Explain so much. Ron Howard made The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, and he produced it with Brian Grazier. But Brian Grazier produced this one with Ron Howard, sure, but they didn't make this. They chose the director... And they decided to have it be an offshoot. That's why Clint Howard is just kind of in as a delivery man for a second. So there's a lot of this was made by the same thing. They're like, we're going to get a comedian in. He's going to play a Dr. Seuss character. And it's going to be the same thing. We're just going to let him do his thing. But so I was thinking, if that's the case, I'm going to watch The Grinch again. It's been forever. I'm going to see how this movie holds up. <laughs> it's of the same caliber of this movie. And I got, I started it today. I got 40, 45 minutes in. About, yeah. About an hour and 45 minutes in, right when they, he decides he's going to steal Christmas. And I got to say, that movie does have some things that are inappropriate. Like, he totally, like, lands in a woman's chest and is just like, these are her boobs. Here you go. There's some other jokes like people, um, the babies come in baskets at the beginning. And then a guy gets the baby and he's like, honey, our baby came. He looks like your boss. Like, jokes like that. Um, <laughs> funny right kind of funny like the, town, the joke the joke about the town to me when it comes to that movie is that they are so obsessed with christmas it's at the detriment of so many other things like they have they have sitcom level problems but it's in a world that's like magical and where they're inherently naturally obsessed with christmas the way that moths are attracted to light it's just that's part of the joke so when you see the grinch show up and how it works is so impressive because Jim Carrey shows up and the first few jokes and the way he's acting are, are all about the character. And then the movie explains his history and why he acts the way he does. And then you spend the rest of the movie with Jim Carrey and you're like, oh, wow, they just lay, they make you care about the character so much before he comes back and does his shtick. And then you watch his stick and it's all connected to the character he doesn't make one pop culture reference he doesn't do anything stupid like that if he breaks the fourth wall it is not necessarily about film of the time it's about like just the situation at hand it is all about him believing in what he's doing 
believing in this character 110%. And when you watch this, you're like, oh, Mike Myers doesn't give a fuck. End of story. 110%. That's it. Jim Carrey's The Grinch is amazing because Jim Carrey is amazing. He believed in it. He tortured himself with those contacts. He threw his entire body into that performance. It is funny because he is funny. He is the Grinch. Mike Myers doesn't give a fuck. End of story. He, no. Oh my god. He, he tried to direct actors on set. And when he wasn't trying to tell them what to do despite what the actual director wanted, he isolated himself in the room. He never talked to the kids. When you watch The Grinch and you're watching that like Susie Luhu, she is laughing. You can see her smile. You can see the genuine like fun she's having working with Jim Carrey. But well, it also proves that like Jim Carrey is just absolutely fantastic. Like Alex, eventually I'd hope that you'll finally get to see Sonic the Hedgehog cuz like Jim Carrey is just great in that movie. Like he's straight up the best part of that movie. He's so funny. Zach, I'm never ever going to see that movie ever. I don't care how much you ask me to see it. And that wait a second, I already saw it. <laughs> Hey. No, but isn't like Jim Carrey's just great in that movie, dude? When he does when he does the thing in his oh, like um, lab, that whole dance when he puts the headphones on, brilliant. Yeah. That's a classic. That's that will go down in history as an amazing Jim Carrey scene. Yeah, Jim Carrey is without a doubt the best part of that movie. Like, Son- I mean, I I think he is the best part of that movie. Yes, I do think that Sonic's Son- fun and, and like and like Ben Schwartz is great, but like that is that's Jim Carrey's movie, dude. Like. Not. I think, I mean, he is the best part of it. Like, Ben Schwartz is really good. I don't think the jokes are really good, and I don't think the story's the strongest, but I like I, I like James, James Marsden, and I like it's getting Ben a Schwartz. Sequel, so. Yeah, I mean, it was always going to get a sequel. It was the last hit that we had before the, the virus hit. It was a huge hit. That movie it did very well. $300 million and it costed them under 100 so they... They did all right. Um, yeah, I think that when he's doing when he's doing that whole analysis thing in his lab with the headphones, it's uh, amazing. I still think he has it for sure. Um, and then, um, uh, no, I'm never gonna watch it, Zach. You're never gonna give me to watch. So yeah, like you can tell that the girl who plays Susie, you can tell she's having a good time with Jim Carrey, despite the fact that Jim Carrey would like he hated his makeup. It put him in a lot of pain. And he like had to channel that pain into the role. But when he was with her, he's like, I made that fun for her. And she's like, she made that fun for me. Mike Myers never talked to the kids on this movie. He never talked to the other actors. He made them wait until he was ready to come out. And then he would tell them different stuff than the director would because he wanted a different performance. And like you can see it in Dakota Fanning and Spencer's face. You can you can see it that like they that she is acting her butt off because He's not giving her anything. Like, there's mm-hmm. no connection. She's like, she is pumping on all cylinders. And although Spencer's doing pretty good, um, I, I think Breslin uh, doesn't have the kind of quality that Dakota Fanning has. But I also think the notch that she has above him is she's playing the same character that she was in I Am Sam. And everybody loved her for playing that character. And she's just basically doing that here, except she has fun with a magical cat sometimes. Um, so she's got an edge on. Uh, outside of that, you can tell these guys these that they're not connecting with this guy. That he is doing his own thing. And then as the movie keeps going, he just like 
it's more oh yeah's it's more repeating lines and you're like oh they just stopped there's a, caring there's an obnoxious laugh uh that is funnier in a, that we accept and is funnier in other movies it's like that's the other thing he's retreading certain things but once you realize once you kept hearing oh yeah and you're like that's the catchphrase you wanted um i just was so mad I was like, and then you get, to, and then you get to the other elements of the film. Like you're like, okay, my, first of all, Mike Myers looks crazy scary. Like that face <laughs> is crazy, and he's giant. And then you get to Thing One and Two. What? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Are you telling me right now, Chris, that these things aren't as creepy as Tintin's face? <laughs> He's a creepier than than uh, Tintin's face. Oh my god! I just, I just watched the scene where the kid takes the bat and like hits him in the crotch, and now there's this scene of him just swinging. Oh yeah! What is that? What is that? <laughs> this is a whoa! Like... <laughs> whoa! whoa. <laughs> that there's so there's a deep seated thing there that I can't wrap my head around. I'm like, what does that even mean? Is that a fetish? Is he imagining himself as a woman now? Like, I don't... What does that mean? But regardless, <laughs> that is an example of the last thing that, like... The reason this movie is shit is because of Mike Myers. But Mike Myers didn't want to do this. He never wanted to do this. Oh my God. He was, like... He was contractually signed because of other obligations, and he couldn't get out of it. And then on set, he just made it everyone... He just made everyone suffer for it oh thing one thing two just showed up like fuck those things anyway um he (laughs) he was contractually obligated to do it and he made everyone suffer for it and he also just gives up halfway through the performance and the the, here's the last thing my when it comes to mark myers i've i've thought back at his past work on snl to his movies to shrek to now so even in glorious bastards even the movie 54, where he's doing something serious. He excels at characters way more than he excels at improv. The reason like, that Jim Carrey is so amazing in that movie, The Grinch, is because he embodies The Grinch, he becomes The Grinch, he can do a lot of amazing things. But there are moments of improv in that movie that are only, only capable from someone like him. And you don't get that here from Mike Myers. Instead, you get the laugh, or you get the oh yes, or you get the jokes that he said in other movies. You know and what? You know what? I, I feel like he he's trying to channel a lot of Austin Powers in this movie a little bit. Austin Powers for sure. Um, I also think that there's a lot of the um, what would eventually be the love guru. Uh, and yes, that's the other thing about Mike Myers. He didn't do a lot of stuff. And, you know, he'd already done the Scottish accent with Shrek in other movies and played Scottish characters, but he did Austin Powers three movies and then he did this and that's it. Like, by, by the time he made this, he had only done the second and the third one for quite some time. Like, 54 was around the time the first movie came out when he tried to do serious stuff. Cat in the was, was a year after Goldmember, then he did Shrek 2. Shrek the Third, The Love Guru, Inglorious Bastard, Shrek Four, and then recently he did Terminal Bohemian Rhapsody, but he hadn't worked since 2013. Oh, yeah. 
After the he hasn't starred in a movie, a live action movie since Love Guru. Before that, it was this, and before that, it was Goldmember. So those three movies and their downward trend did not do well for him. The Shrek was always good money, but he walked into a room and spoke to Mike for that. But he wasn't like really doing anything, and it's because Mike Myers is a huge, huge, huge asshole. He's a huge asshole. No one likes to work with him anymore. That's why Dana Carvey doesn't work. We'll get to Dana Carvey with Master of Disguise, but at least Dana Carvey is a nice person who has good stand-up and is consistently working and trying to do different things. Mike Myers... But man, dude, Master of Disguise is bad. (laughs) Yeah, but then like, you look at the con movie that he did in the early 90s when he tried to be a leading man or the one where he would um, uh, get amnesia. Like he, He is capable of doing good stuff. For sure, like he's capable of doing amazing things, but his well, stand-up is usually what Master Disguise has aged quite well when you get to make fun of Mitch McConnell, but that's beyond the point. Very true, um, and I haven't seen <laughs> me too. <laughs> I, I have not seen Master Disguise fully ever, so there's a lot that's news to me for that, and, I'm, and that it may be worse than this, but it may be more entertaining in ways. I this is just kind I, of like from what I remember out. about it. It's, it's, how would I put it? It's like, it's worse than this movie, but like, it's about a hundred million times more interesting and funny. And it has Josh Brolin's dad in it, which is kind of funny. Um, I, and then, yeah, at the end of the day, the, I, I looked at as many iterations of the cat in the hat as I could find. There was a 71 special. That happened after, like, of like five years after the very famous Grinch Who Stole Christmas animation came out that we all watch every Christmas, and it's written the the lyrics to the music and the teleplay are written by Dr. Seuss. So it's as close as I was thinking I could come to to figuring out what his idea of like the Cat in the Hat would be in some form of movement or motion. You and, know, the the weird thing I've noticed is after this movie. Uh, they have universally moved away from live action into the 3D animation space with uh, with Illumination. And it's like uh, The Grinch, Horton Hears a Who, and Lorax. Well, I'm going to get to that, actually. Um... Hold on, <laughs> well, hold on, uh... hold on, hold on. Talk about that Dr. Seuss 71 special. I need to know, I need to know. That's I interesting. Mean, it's a movie, I dude. I did watch it. It's about 25 minutes long. It was a TV special. And yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it's it's sort of aimless, and it's about as it, it's it, it, the cat is basically singing a lot of songs. They put they put a lot of songs in there, but all he really does is come in and and incite their lives with fun. Like it starts with their rainy day. He comes in, he shows them a good time. The mom's about to come in. They don't learn any lesson. He's only there to just show them a good time. That's it. Like this movie imposes entirely different themes of the cat in the hat onto them. Uh, than anything else. The Cat in the Hat was more of an embodiment of Dr. Seuss in general as a person, and the fish was meant to be um, the, a representation of one of the most famous nuns who uh, caused a lot of the trials from the Salem Witch Trials. So, like, the cat was supposed to be, I'm going to let you have fun and let you challenge authority, but as a child, only when your parents are away. Because when your mom comes back, everything gets cleaned magically, and you don't have to tell her what happened, and it's, you know, guilt and scot-free. So as a children's book, it's playful, but it's also magical, so you can get away with that kind of ending. But 
that and I think it, he does do that very well in the seventy one special. But there's a very really good last song when he's cleaning up the house at the end that really sold it for me, and I loved it. Um, they have a show of Cat in the Hat that they're still airing right now. I think that has Martin Short playing the Cat in the Hat, pretty close to what the seventy one version is in terms of look and attitude. And in both of those versions, he uses his hat to do something magical, which he really doesn't fucking do that much in this movie, which really kind of pissed me off at the end. His of hat feels more like a gadget than it feels like magic. It's weird. Um, and this is the thing. Uh, this is the first and only live action one that they had ever really had. They, uh, they had a puppet one from 96 to 98, the, the wasable world of Dr. Seuss and stuff like that for Disney. But that, they haven't done a live action one. It did this. It was so bad, and it like not even as a reception, Chris, or, or and Zach. They just watched this. The daughter of Doctor Seuss just watched this movie, and she said, "Never again, never again will I ever allow a live action version of my uh, father's work to ever happen." She, she did it. That's why they only make animation anymore. The family was like, "We're fucking done. That sucked." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how bad this is. The family was. That's funny. Oh, God. Yeah, if they ever did another one, it would either be, at least if I wanted it, I wanted it to be either puppets or motion capture. Like, why not? Like cats? Yeah. Um, so, okay. I, I, I think I think the last thing would be um, I think Alec Baldwin is pretty good. I think Helen Preston is pretty good. I think Sean Hayes yeah. is not good at, in person and good as the fish. Um, I like the kids. I think Dakota Fanning plays this character well, and Mike Myers is the reason all of this all of this is awful. The script sucks, but he <laughs> is the reason that it can't be elevated and is actually worse than ever and yeah it's it's my two most egregious moments are when he calls the the gardening tool a dirty hoe for no fucking reason <laughs> and the, that that really got to me that and the fact that he taught the kids to spell and then the first word he taught them to spell was shit that I, that i was like what are you fucking doing uh but the most egregious the most egregious line in this entire fucking movie is when he's like, did you ever go to the circus? Drunken clowns, all they have is hepatitis. I was like, kids don't know what fucking hepatitis is. Why would you teach kids? Why, they would have to look at their parents and say, what is hepatitis? Like, why? Why? I'll take, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take Jim Carrey smashing his face into a pair of breasts any day of the week over what the fuck is para- is hepatitis, Dad? Please tell me what hepatitis is. Why does a drunken clown have it? <laughs> because he drinks? Is that what happens when I drink? I get hepatitis? No, son, you get it from sex. What's sex? Oop, out of the pan and into the fire. <laughs> and that's the thing. I'm like, is that in the script? Or did Mike Myers make that up? And if Mike Myers made that up, that's why Mike Myers isn't great at improv. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, 
The more I think about this movie, I think of this. Okay. The more I think about this movie, I think it was me who put this on the wheel. Even if it wasn't me, I claim full responsibility. And here's why. Um, There's a unicorn in the background when he's in the dress on that swing after he gets hit in the nuts. What the fuck am I watching? (laughs) Okay, so this movie is the complete opposite of the holiday special. In that... The holiday special is boring and slow moving and its content is absolutely bizarre. Same as this movie. But the difference is this movie is bang, 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 bang. It just goes. Um, And um, (sighs) from uh, Conrad putting on the suit of food and then sticking a, a loaf of bread down his pants as a cup. And then eating out of that bread. Not a bad idea. I mean, if you're going to use food as a soup, bread's a great thing to cover your junk with. Protection. Um, what are you, you going to use? A watermelon? A cantaloupe? A pineapple? <laughs> Not if I'm desperate. Uh, only if I'm desperate. Um... To the whole extended um, song sequence that introduces the cat in the hat, where he's a um, where he's where he's dressed in like fruit, and then he's um, a matador, and then um, the dirty hoe, the club under the club in the kiosk thing, the club, yes, oh, Paris Hilton. Um, doing in this like what who what any kid would would care about Paris Hilton and even if they did like who is aspiring to be a hotel heiress on a show called The Simple Life that's what that's what she was famous for like The Simple Life like I to think the kids that were watching that would want her in this is so gross um (laughs) to like to the car and like Conrad you drive moves the wheel over he's just like and then um and then uh Dakota Fanny's is like I want to drive he's like pulls up a second steering wheel you can't have two people drive you can't have two people drive it's like yeah why not have three pulls out another steering wheel there's three steering wheels in the same car and then they spin out and I do want to say to that, and I think this is adorable, like flat out adorable. When Dakota Fanning gets the wheel and she starts fake driving, you could see her lips go. You could tell that she was doing that and they couldn't get her to stop. (laughs) That is pretty funny. But I'm actually kind of ashamed to say this. This is my kind of humor. (laughs) It's just. Balls to the wall, outrageous, 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 and completely random, and, like, just that kind of, like, that kind of illogical thinking is what my humor is based around, and this movie is the reason for that. 
I think. Um, well, that's the point of the character, basically. Like, what? He's, he's he's kind of a Mad Hatter. He's yes. he comes in and he is absurd. He's silly. He invites this kind of silliness to it. The Universal Studios blog. That's just that's insulting. <laughs> that's fucking insulting. Like almost everything, but it's so like this does not retract. This is not like deviate from the fact that this movie has aged poorly. But uh, it wasn't even that, probably do- wasn't even that good to begin with. But if I do see what you're saying, if you if let's say. I was to show this to a little kid and I was like, okay, I understand that this movie looks great and that has a silly sense of humor to it that despite some of its grossness uh, can be absurd and silly. If I showed this to a kid and I was like, just watch this and, and it's silly and it's fun. Do I think that they would respond to that element of it to a certain extent? Yes. Do I think that other movies have done it so much better than this yes, that i could point yes. to yes like that when i think of something like this and i think why is this bad and freddie got fingered good you it takes a sense of thought it takes a sense of understanding like when you watch the grinch and you see someone do this kind of character in this kind of world in this kind of context from the same production company and you see him throw his entire body to it to the point that it's like kind of killing him psychologically uh you see the benefits of it you see Um, the you see the work that goes into it when you see a guy who didn't give a shit and didn't care and didn't want to interact with the directors or the actors only wanted to do things his way and when he didn't he sulked and made everyone suffer from it you can see that and it's just draining how lazy it is when you can compare it to other people so do i see what you're seeing yes do i think i would show it to a kid Maybe I wouldn't be that annoyed by it, but like I know there's better out there. Um, but like <laughs> I had that same sense of bewilderment and loss of awareness when I was watching this movie. Same with the holiday special. Like, what kind of world was this? Like, um, like we were just in like another. <laughs> Like, there's dimension hopping, there's melding between dimensions, and, like, the thing that made that probably made the most sense out of anything is when the house collapses in on itself under the sheer weight of it was just, it was, like, being morphed by another dimension. Like, that was, then the sheer force of that brought the whole, like, destroyed the house. Like, that probably made the most amount of sense out of anything and like yeah I, I really liked that joke otherwise everything i was just like this is just like another level of insanity than the holiday special um yeah i do think that there are there's a lot of good jokes in this though i i think um when alec baldwin uses the oversized pen i think he looks really funny and he's like committing to it the um, funniest I, part of Alec Baldwin, to me, I'm sorry. The funniest part yeah. to me with, Al- with Alec Baldwin. So he just came out. So he just <laughs> he falls off the cliff, right? He's covered yeah. in goo and he gets crapped out of. <laughs> yep. But he gets crapped. 
waters. It really is crap. And then when uh, Joan gets home, the mom, and they, she finds the house is in order after they clean the house. And then there's this guy covered in, in purple slime. And then Alec Baldwin, when he's covered in all the slime, he opens the door. It's a, like, it's a, <laughs> it's a dolly, it's a dolly up. And he's just like, and he opens the door and he's like, hello, Joan. I laughed for like two minutes because that delivery was so good. I am such a juvenile brat. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I do think there are moments in this that work. There's a moment where um, the mom is leaving and the she's talking to the kids and um, Dakota Fanning is like, I, um, I don't have any rules. Can I have some rules? And the mom goes, no chewing tobacco. And, the, and Dakota Fanning's like, uh, I won't do it. You're right. I won't do that. Like, I, that moment is funny to me. I do um, think that a lot of this does kind of work. There's a point to it. There's a silliness to it within its world. It's, it's Mike Myers is the laziest part of it. Yes. Um, um, everything, everyone else, I think, is committing to that kind of absurd goofballery that you're enjoying. Um, but, like, when I, was, when I was watching this movie, I was like, Okay, now I remember. Okay, so Conrad has an arc here. And, like, and I was like, okay, I'm going to pay attention. Okay, this movie's about to get insane. I need to anchor down somewhere. What do I need to pay attention to? Okay, character arcs. <laughs> they're there. Um, no, they're there, but they're barely um, there. Right. So, and like, the funny thing is, is that the story never had character arcs for the kids. It was literally just about these kids are bored and that instead of wanting to yep. play board games and, and read books the way their parents want, the cat in the hat comes in and shows them to use your imagination and be like really insane about it. Have some mischief, be, be a little bit crazy, defy the rules. But, you know, once your parents come home, be good again. Uh, this actually has arcs for the two kids. Like they have to sign a contract that is incredible, that is inherent to whether they learn a lesson or not. I don't think Dakota Fanning learned anything. She did. Um, it she, wasn't obvious. Well, uh, well, here's the thing. She said before she leaves... Probably the, the mom's subtlest like, thing you... in this movie. Well, no, I'm going to tell you. Before she leaves, the mom is like, do you want to go to one of your friends' house? And she's like, no, I don't want to play with Jenny because I would do this. Or she would do this. And the whole point is that she's a control freak. And then later when they're trying to capture the dog who has the crab on his leash she goes to a house to find all of her friends are enjoying one of her friends birthday parties and she's like why didn't why wasn't i invited to this birthday and then she comes back and then conrad is trying to close the case and he's like i need you to trust me i need you to be i just need you to like not be in control for a second and let me take care of this and she does she lets go like they both learn lessons but again they're bare fucking bones and then at the end of the movie they're like i'm gonna be honest i feel like I feel like they fall in love with each other. I feel like the brother and sister kind of fall in love with each other. The way they're like holding hands and like they're ho they're like hugging each other like a married couple at the end. I was kind of like at that. I kind of was like at the end. Why did the cat just be like, at, at, you guys can't sleep with each other? You know that like this would not have been off base either. This wasn't a romantic thing. All right, and they're like right, and then they stop hugging each other. He's like, oh yeah, and then he leaves. No, like, yeah, and then, he, and then he learns, 
uh, let's see, when Thing 1 and Thing 2 come, and this is not from the book, they put it in the movie, they will do the opposite of what you tell them to. And then he's like, why do they do the opposite of what I tell them? And then his sister's like, remind you of anyone? So he needs to, like, take responsibility for his actions and not do what he's... It wasn't even from that that you could extrapolate. It wasn't even from that that you could extrapolate his arc. It was, like, from him putting on wrecking the kitchen and then, like, taping or sticking food to him like football pads and sliding down a set of stairs in a baking pan. Yeah, and the cat showed you didn't even need all that shit. That's the movie in a nutshell. That you need to waste food? (laughs) Yes. Very much. (laughs) It was a waste of money. It was inherently a waste of food. Hey, it made its its production money back. Barely. 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 That doesn't even account for marketing anyway. Um, otherwise, that, the guy's like, we made the money back. And they're like, what are you going to do with $20 million? You go buy pizza? Go fucking buy pizza, Tom, with your $20 million. Um, otherwise, yeah, this is uh, this is something. This was quite something. I'm trying to think of like, if I didn't care about movies and care about production, and care about the fact that the guy who like, who like you can like when I watch Tim Burton movies now, I'm gonna have a better understanding of what this guy did as a production designer. I have a better understanding now of what a production designer does because I've seen this movie. Because it doesn't matter what you do before you're a director in the movie business, whatever you did before will inspire or carry over into what you are doing. So like if you're an actor before you were a director, ten to one you're gonna be more conscious and more empathetic of what your actors need to get a performance done than your cinematographer. If you're a cinematographer, you're going to focus on the look and maybe not be great with the actors. In this case, this guy knew production designs. So that was the first thing that he took care of. And it's apparent. It really does show. Um, so now I have like a, a bit of a better understanding of what this guy does and maybe what the job does and what he did for movies that I've loved forever. But that's because I know film. If I was a normal person and I just watched this, on two ways either a i wanted to watch it or b i had a kid who wanted to watch it and kids will fucking watch anything so you just have to show them one thing and that one thing has to be something they like and there you are you're off to the races so you just have to be careful what you show your kids but maybe you don't get you don't get that opportunity maybe because of tv and stuff being everywhere the kids like ooh, cat in the hat i want to see that and you're like fuck I knew that sucked. I know that movie sucks. And now he's going to be watching it for six months straight, three times a day. Here we go. Is there any merit to it for that? I don't think so. I think for any parent who has to watch this more than once, there's no merit to it. That's the worst thing a kid's movie can have. Nothing that you can take away from watching it over and over again as a parent. That is the most egregious thing. You can Anyone can make kids stuff. There's a thing on Amazon Prime of a Russian person who's barely speaking English using plants and plastic dinosaurs to tell stories. And people are watching it by the hundreds. You can make kids stuff with anything. Anything at all. But if you want to make like good, decent kids stuff that's going to work when they get older and work for the parents that have to watch it so much when they are, go work for Pixar. Mm. Imagine Brian Grazer, Ron Howard, 
You ruined it for everyone. <laughs> you, <laughs> everyone. Um, you you towed a line with Grinch, and I think Grinch has aged very well when it comes to Jim Carrey. I think that the film is pretty impressive for Ron Howard, honestly, now that I've watched it. The camera is doing some interesting stuff, and the set design is also really great in that movie, too. And I don't know if the same guy did that. I don't think he did. But they were towing a line there, and they crossed it here. And yeah. they for everyone, and they ruin it for everybody. Um, but honestly, I don't think we would be making these kinds of movies anymore now. Anyway, no, we would do motion capture, and like I, I don't, I mean that the, one of the things that I was thinking about watching for this was cats, but I didn't. <laughs> you said you wanted to save cats for like a special occasion or something right yeah no i know exactly when i'm going to be watching cats and how i'm going to watch it but they're just not there yet um i'm going to be moving in with my sister at some point and i have a projector and there's going to be a night where i'm going to be watching there's at least two to three movies i have right now for sure that i'm going to like just inebriate myself to one extent or another and I'm going to turn on the projector and then I'm going to watch these terrible movies that I've been putting aside for a while and Cats specifically is something I just want to look at like look at the imagery of it um, I'm really excited to see how bad that is um, other than that uh, F wow uh, Zach what are you going to grade it like yeah guys. Zach wake up He's awake. Um, I'll go ahead. Um... Oh, my microphone was muted. I wanted to say something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was wondering if I just had gone on this long. Uh, he pulled the robles. Um, um, no, I wanted to say for the longest time, I said, look, no matter how bad these movies get, and Alex, I'm sure you can agree with me on this one, is that, is that stuff like this breeds creativity in good movies. Like, if we didn't have directors like this and Ron Howard doing the Grinch and stuff, doing these interesting things, not only with avant-garde, but with camera shots and stuff like that, we wouldn't get some of the interesting stuff we get in actually good movies like Endgame and whatever, you know? I'm not saying that they directly, that a movie like this directly influences it, but I'm saying that interesting camera choices are not taken. Hmm. I would say... Not take without the credit that they're doing. You you point out something very interesting because I didn't think about it until now. Um, watching the Grinch, that camera's moving around like a mofo. That thing is that moving way super faster than any Ron Howard movie I've seen for a long time. So when I watch, as I've been watching the 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 um, Cat in the Hat as we've been doing this. Because it's a new director, I'm assuming, doesn't know how to work the camera that much. It's mostly shot, reverse shot in this movie. Yeah. That's the other problem. It, the camera doesn't move that much. In a, in a movie that's supposed to be about like chaos and stuff like that. But I think this movie's strength is a lot more in its avant-garde than it is in its camera. I, think, I mean, this, the strength is in its color, it's in its production, it's in yeah. its costuming. Um, yeah. Well, that's, they, all, that's all avant-garde. That's all avant-garde. Well, avant-garde could be a lot. You could it could be the visuals. Avant-garde is just like a, a term for anything that isn't the actors in the camera, truthfully. Oh, really? I didn't know that. To me, avant-garde is a general of... term for the background, for the sets. So it affects costuming, it affects sets, it affects color, it affects everything. Avant-garde is like a blanket term. 
It's a really, I, really generic blanket term. It's interesting because I've heard that term used for like performances as well. So I thought it was just a way of saying that what this person is doing is abnormal or yeah. uh, no. So um, avant-garde in film specifically refers to the background, the color, the choices of of props, uh, costuming. All kinds of stuff. I mean, avant-garde, the term is... It's experimental. It's all... Exper it's its a reference into... Yeah, what it meant. Yeah, I thought it, the term experimental is how I mostly understood it to be. Yeah. In film, in film, yeah, I felt like acting, for example, from a lead performance could be avant-garde. It could be experimental. But in terms of what you're saying here with this film, I absolutely 110% agree. The look of it, the feel of it, the costumes is all... Um, on par with the way those Tim Burton movies look. It's yeah. got a style to it. It feels textual, but also a little bit off, a little bit weird. Yeah. Not necessarily a live-action cartoon, but also you want to live there, but if you did, it would just feel a little Stepford wife-ish. That's the fun of it. Like this, It's a little bit off. That's why this movie should be scarier than it is, but it, those solid primary colors the uh, pleasantry of it. Also, the constant blue sky doesn't hurt. Yeah, well, a lot of this stuff is, yeah, it's it's very, it's an old French word. I mean, everything's a fucking old French word in film, truthfully. Film as a whole is a French thing. <laughs> uh, what, what would you grade it? I mean, it's 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 a fail, clearly, but like, uh, no, nah, maybe not. You know what? You know what? I don't think it's an F. I think... It's like a D minus. There's some redeemable stuff here. I think the backgrounds are super interesting. I think the kid actors are trying so hard. I think that's the exact. It's like a D. It's a D. It passes, but it's like not good. That's I think the exact I, reason I why I, I gave it an F over an F minus because there is something redeemable about it. I'm but just fail, too but ashamed but to give it a fail. passing grade. Well, that's, that's, here's the thing that's like i want you to one day not be ashamed to look at the merits of a film that is obviously bad like this and go you know what that you get a passing grade because your production design is not bad it's better than most movies of this caliber like there's a lot of actual practical stuff in this film and also the cgi isn't laughably awfully awful bad no, cgi the, the, is the, absolutely yeah. like surprisingly good for how so like, i would yeah, I would say it's certainly better than an F in those terms because an F for me, again, is based off some of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and I don't, count, I, I don't count um, uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special to be a movie. I, count, I consider that a bad TV special. I'm talking about, like, Manos Hands of Fate. I'm talking about, like, the worst schlock out there. So, like, like when I see something put into theaters that's, like, a straightaway F and I know it, like an Asylum movie... I'm like, you're an F, dude. But when I see this, I'm like, no, nah, there's some merit. There's some merit to this. But overall, the person who screwed this up is the lead guy. And there are some other problems, like it, the camera lacks movement. But those things could have been more understood in comedy when comedy is mostly shot reverse shot. The performer sucked. He, didn't, he, he phoned this in. His character is not defined at all. And he's not a good improviser. And what he does improvise is stuff like drunken clowns with hepatitis. And you dirty hoe. And so, so, so oh uh, Chris, when Alex says that hoe. the one thing he hates more than anything is bad comedy, this is, this is like a good example of why. It's just boring and not funny. 
This movie was not boring. Okay. Uh, it's, it's not I think it's boring. But you got to understand, Chris. I think it's there's of a lot of other things that are trying to hold your attention in this movie than the comedy. I mean, well, no, I I see what Chris is saying because he spoke about his interest in some of the comedy and uh, the absurdity of it. And I can see Chris looking at this and being like, this is all super, super weird. And to be honest, there aren't a lot of movies that look like this and also have the same sort of costume design that the cat has outside of the Grinch. So it's it's interesting to be like this. There, there really aren't a lot of movies that look like this. So there is a bizarre element to this movie and to what they're trying to accomplish. So there's a talking fish for no reason, just no reason at all. He changes the entire look of the fish and becomes this animated thing that talks like there's another world with dimensions like it talks about universal studios like there's some insanity to this that you can be uh that if you wish to go with yeah it's pretty dumb but it's also like interestingly dumb to me it wasn't that interesting i i've seen more absurd stuff that to me makes me laugh i'm and i think the I think now that I realize it is because I don't think Mike Myers is that funny. And I don't think the camera, I think the lack of movement from the camera just highlights that. You can do that when like the person is animated and bouncing all over the frame. Don't move the camera. Leave it where it is. Let the guy do his job. But that's not the case here. This guy isn't trying and his character sucks. And it doesn't help that he's not really getting animated at all. So you have to create scenes where he's dressed as a matador or like you have to fill the frame with a unicorn and him on a swing because he's not trying. And that sucks. That, yes, like to make fun of on our film podcast where we make fun of bad movies, bad comedy is not fun to talk about because you're just basically saying that wasn't funny. It's like you can tell it's not funny. You're not laughing. But if you're talking about something that is committed to how serious it is, and is then funny, it's great. But the lack yes. of commitment from, from Mike Myers in this spreads throughout the rest of the film so that by the time they get to the end, you can see it in everybody's eyes that they were just going to work that day and translates onto film. And you're like, oh, that sucks. This should be more insane. This should be more mind-blowing for someone like me, I guess. But I'm actually bored by it. But Chris, no, I think you have a fair <laughs> argument if I just showed this to an everyday person in another, I'd say, five years, they'd be like, this exists? This is a thing? This is a thing that happened? Like, are you kidding me? This like, in, it, history. Yes, in 2020, <laughs> 20 years from now, if I showed this to somebody, like, if I showed this to a 20-year-old in 2023, I think they would legit be shocked by this. I think they'd be like, this is crazy. Have you guys, why aren't more people talking about this? But I think if they watched more film, eventually they'd be like, yeah, you know, it's kind of boring now. Because there is crazier stuff out there. Um, yeah. I, I just, and yeah, top of it, I think Mike Weinberg is not funny. I just don't think he's funny. And I love his work. I love So I Married an Axe Murder. I, I love Wayne's World. Love the I've recently just warmed up to Gold Member. Um, I hate the love guru is terrible. I love his SNL days. Like Mike Meyer has made me laugh, but he's not. He doesn't give a shit, and it only highlights it when you watch The Grinch and you're like, Jim Carrey's giving it his all, man. Sewing his entire body into this, he's sewing everything into this, and he believes that the person he's playing is a person. 
He believes in it. Mike Myers is just... He's Mike Myers in a cat suit and makeup. There's no... You're just watching Mike Myers. That's all you're watching. Yeah. Cat in the hat. Oh, God. What happened? Uh, So, guys, we need to talk about good movies now, right? All right. Let me uh, pull everything up. Hold on. I actually have a couple suggestions. You better pull your pants up, mister. What? Don't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. Oh, I'm not? Oh, yeah. Getting out of this tree. I find myself a new life because I don't have to secretly watch my family because they're not my family and not my family. All right, I still um, I don't want to leave now. I've, I've made this tree my home. So, Alex, so Zach, kind of want to suggest it. Well, you kind of want to suggest something. Well, you should because suggest, you, you yeah. have to suggest something. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? I, Alex. I don't know what. You know what? I don't know. You do. You're not putting on Schindler's List already, are you? I'm positively thinking about it. Is that your answer? You know what? Hit me. Do it. I dare you. Do it. I dare you at this point. Here's the thing. Do it. Here's the thing. Alex, do it. He's, trying, he's tempting the wheel. Chris, I dare you. I Chris, dare you. Know you. The wheel is not a forgiving... So well, we wouldn't get we wouldn't get it's a good movie wheel. This movie so, does not punish; it blesses. Chris, I don't think I don't want you to be afraid of Schindler's List. I don't want to make it a big thing, but it seems like that's where we're going now. Like Zach's trying to make Schindler's List a new thing, the new holiday special. It is a very it is a very realistic depiction of terrible things that happened, and they will they will shock you, and it will really affect you truly. But it's also a brilliantly made movie with kind of a happy ending so it just it deserves to be on the goodwill and when you feel like you want to watch that kind of movie just say it and we'll put and we'll suggest it but like i don't it's not that i don't think you're not ready for it in the way like the most depressing movies ever it is it's just we've watched a lot of fun set piece spielberg i think now you kind of are ready for it but also let's put let's let's think about some other stuff you know the, 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 a, also the world is like tearing itself apart good. and i don't think watching schindler's list is a good, mm. idea, a good thing to do I, mean, I honestly think it might make it may help us understand things a little bit more about like how you can empathize with people while other people are absolutely dehumanizing them how you can pick a side in history during the most important events like it is it is a good thing but like um I also am wondering what other suggestions we have. Like, if I think there's something better than Schindler's List, I'll suggest it. But the, I actually, what else? I actually have a couple of suggestions, but Schindler's what List. What else you got? Um, so I have been thinking, did we ever get Miyazaki on the list? I forgot. Um, we do not have a Miyazaki, but I do have HBO Max, so I could watch one if I need to. Chris, I know you suggested Mononoke, right? Uh, for the curiosity, yeah. No, it's already on the curiosity. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I think we need to get an anime on here. Well, or again, again. Um, because if I remember correctly, we don't have an anime on there right now, right? We. Nope. Do not. We saw his last one, right? Unless you count Looper as an anime, but I doubt it. 
Uh, no, Looper is not an anime. There's no anime. Looper <laughs> is not an anime. Um, so in that case, I have. I want to suggest an anime. So, time to. Is it called Schindler's List? Because I already put it down on the. No, the it's not going to be Schindler's List, actually. Ah, uh, you have no courage. Schindler, you have a the, the Nazis are bad. <laughs> So, so I have some ideas. I I want to bounce them off you guys a little bit. Um, you only get one. Well, no, I know. I'm only gonna put one on, but I want to bounce off ideas of what we could do. Um, so my thought process is since Monoke is on there, and I can't suggest that. I just pick Summer Wars because I know you want to. I'm thinking about it, but I think Akira is going to be one of them for sure. Boku no uh, Piku. Um, I'm thinking... Boku no Piku. What? Boku no Piku. What's Boku no Piku? Google it. I don't want to. I don't know what that means. Coward. Could you explain it? <laughs> um, you don't uh, want to know. Spirit of the Way... Um, as goofy as it is, I kind of want to suggest your name because that movie was like a super hit about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but I think that you have to be a little bit more invested. And I think uh, there there are there are good stories we could choose from there. Um, and I know that you guys super enjoyed Paprika last time, so. I would suggest uh, not picking another Miyazaki, and I would suggest, um, yeah, just not picking another Miyazaki. I don't like Akira as much as so many other people do. I understand it is a classic, and maybe you guys can make arguments for it for me enjoying it more, or maybe my research is making. I still don't know what to think so, of Akira. So we could. So I'm thinking we could jump into Mamoru Hazada, who is heavily influenced by Satoshi Kone and Hayao Miyazaki. He's a little less crazy than Kone. Actually, he's a lot less crazy than Kone. Kone's in his own brand of nuts. But <laughs> but um, he makes some very, very, very interesting movies. Uh, so Mamoru Ozada did... Um, he does predominantly sci-fi movies. Uh, he has done, uh, Chris, if you remember this, he's the guy who directed Digimon, the first movie. He, Man, it has been, like, he then went on, almost 20 years since I've seen that. That's fine. He then went on to make a movie called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, which is kind of in the vein of About Time, actually. It's, it's kind of, um... It's kind of similar story, not really. Like, it's about a girl who finds out she can travel through time, and she repeats the same day in the same loop over and over again, tries to make her life better. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not as wholesome as about that. That movie's great. Um, <laughs> we could do Summer Wars, which is his retake on the attempt to do the Digimon movie, and with his own story and his own concept of what he's doing. We could do 
wolf children, which is like super wholesome. Um, it's people call it the better Twilight because it takes the concept of the story of what Twilight was and makes it about a hundred million times better. Um, they we could do the Boy and the Beast, which is a fantasy film about a orphan, a boy, an orphan boy who becomes the apprentice to the ruler of a spirit world. Um, or the Beast Kingdom, I believe is what they call it. Uh, there's Mirai, which is another time travel story that came out uh, in 2018 about a girl who goes back in time to uh, to basically make her 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 father something a better person. Um, I mean, we could do a lot of stuff. Uh, we could, uh, we obviously could do Akira. We could do Miyazaki. We could do Tokyo Godfathers. I could be that asshole and suggest Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, we we would never accept it. <laughs> I mean, you would. Seen it, but <laughs> but I'm laughing about something else entirely. I, I can tell. What's, it, what's up? <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess what what do you guys want to see in terms of stuff? We could do. Pokemon Pikachu. <laughs> what is it? You never explain. It's porn. <laughs> Chris, why you God. be like this? Why you, why you be like this, bro? Well, now I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. But it's just now I gotta look it up. Chris, why you gotta be like this, man? Wow. Huh. Now I want to suggest Gary the Fireflies just to just to make Chris's dreading. Run from it. I have to make sure the destiny stuff. always comes. For Ricky stuff, Chris. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a joke answer. Oh, well. Okay. This is some yeah. crazy stuff, Chris. I can't believe you're into this. Are you serious? They're, they're like, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm seeing something. I can't believe you would use octopus in such interesting manners. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, um, you excite me more and more in the tree in front of your house. Yeah. Um, PewDiePie did a uh, reaction video. Dude, you gotta gotta respect the pewds, man. Um, uh, Summer Wars, man. Summer Wars. You think Summer Wars? I'm just going with God. Oh, God. I'm trying to think of an anime movie. Alright, I'll suggest Summer Wars. I'm gonna do Summer Wars. I think we gotta get our anime back on there. Just... Just because it's fun to like have stuff, and I think Summer Wars might be it's fun. Just, uh, oh man, that, I, I had to entertain myself. I haven't laughed that hard in a while. We can the, the appeal of Summer Wars is we actually can still talk about Digimon the first movie because this this film has a very interesting uh, background in how it functionally was made twice. Zach, how many times do I have to fucking tell you I'm not going to watch Sonic? Oh wait, no, I did watch Sonic. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Um. Uh, okay, so you're gonna go. Oh, I've seen this. Or, seen what? Okay, so Summer Wars. Okay, yeah, then I haven't pretty. seen all of it. That's fine. Okay. Do okay. So it's just because you've talked about this movie for such a long time and, and you've spoken about it in such high regard uh, that that's why I'm going with it. I want to do something that's like 
people like and is good, but is more connected to you more so than like the history of anime right now. Um, because you, you're the one that loves anime the most. And that's why you want it on the list more than anything. I'm the so like, I get it. I just would rather, I, if that's the deal, that I would rather pick something that you, that you most importantly respond to. In this case, maybe yeah, maybe not the next kind of movie. We can talk about this movie because there's there's a lot to talk about with this movie. Surprisingly, again, this movie was basically made twice and released twice, um, with basically the exact same story, the exact same themes, and the exact same lesson. Uh, one was made in the context of the Digimon universe. The other time was when he actually made the movie. Um, the visuals of this movie can be kind of trippy, very in vein of Paprika a little bit, but it's much more condensed trippiness. And this movie has a good message about, about the internet and reliance on it, which is important. There's also like a giant action scene where literally they're trying to keep a dead body cold while like running a supercomputer next to it. And it's like weird. Ah, dang it. I lost my pick. Uh, Don't remember it? No, I, I, was gonna, I had just thought of it, and then I talked myself out of it. Yeah, well, let's, it. you know what? I'm going to suggest Summer Wars. I think Summer Wars is a lot of fun. There's a lot of really cool imagery to it. There's a lot of, there's some Hindu imagery in it. There's some, all kinds of stuff. I, you know what? I'm all, I'm all game for it. Let's do it. Summer Wars it is. Uh, what was your, what was your pick? I was time? gonna, I was, I was gonna do Ready Player One, but then I got, ta- I, I talked myself out of it. Didn't we already talk about that movie? No. Not as a full length uh, review. Yeah. Interesting. Alex, you go ahead. Um I I don't I have nothing against Ready Player One. It's sort of like a whatever to me. Um I'm on the fence about a couple. Uh Django is still up there for me. For one that I think would be really fun to watch. Uh, and I'm trying to think of what else would be really fun. In the back of my mind and on my voodoo page. Look around here. Ah. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to pick an out-of-left-field choice here that I think would really be interesting for everyone involved. Um, and I have two choices, and you guys can debate. Django, which is a great hero's journey. Um, it's a really fun movie. It's also really violent and has some great performances in it. It's also like crowd-pleasing Tarantino, and that's always the best. Uh, and then I was also thinking Almost Famous. Hmm. Zach, have you seen that? Almost Famous? I don't recognize the name, so let me look it up to see if I actually recognize the imagery that's going on. Have you ever heard of it, Chris? Uh, Uh, I have now. This movie. I've not seen this movie, but I've heard about it. Oh, wow. Okay, so for me, luckily, it can go on the good movie list because I've seen this a lot and got to see it recently. So... There's a guy named Cameron Crowe. He has had a very interesting career. Um, he made a lot of really 
good movies, a couple classic Last movies. Last Times at Ridgemont High, right? Or he wrote, he wrote that. Right? He wrote that based off a real experience being a pretend high school student. He hung out in high school and then wrote an article about it that turned into a book. So he wrote that, but then he also made Say Anything, um, Singles, uh, oh, God. Um, oh, fucking you know. Who's one? Oh, Maguire. my God. Uh, I have a story about Scott. this guy. I just realized um, I have a story about this guy. Hold on, Zach. Let Alex finish. I don't know. Go ahead, Chris. I mean, Zach. So my ex, like my super ex from high school, was in We Bought a Zoo. Okay, um, that would be, in my opinion, the weakest movie he's ever made. No, no, I know. Just... That, well, no, no, my point is this is the latter half of his career. He started making classics, and then he just spiked down like Rob Reiner. Now he, he doesn't really make good movies anymore. He, still, he can still get stars, and he still had like a Showtime show with Luke Wilson, but his stuff is just super corny now. It just doesn't. Like it, it peaked with a movie called Elizabeth Town with Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst that is not good. I find it nostalgic, but it is not a good movie. And I, it's that is a if there's ever a guilty pleasure in my life, that might be it. But I, I haven't watched it in a long time, and to be honest, I don't really want to. But he did make the best movie he did make was a movie called Almost Famous. When he was really young, he was really smart and he loved music. And when he was like just out of high school or around high school, he started writing for Rolling Stones. So he got to go on tours with bands like Led Zeppelin and stuff when he was in high school. And this movie is about how a 17 year old kid gets to go on tour with his favorite band. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It is such a good movie. It's such a good time. It's got quotes up the yin yang. It's got an amazing cast filled with people who would like go on to do amazing things it, I don't want to ruin much of the story because it's aimless, but it's so rewarding by the end. The soundtrack is so good. It's filled with 70s rock. It's, um, it's just a love letter to music. It's a love letter to just enjoying music. But also, if you love good movies, it's right up there. It's got a solid Philip Seymour Hoffman performance. Billy Crudup's in there. Jason Lee is in there, um, I believe. Um, I'm not sure, but I think that Penny Lane got an Oscar nom for it. She may have won. Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember, but she's really great in it. Um, Anna Paquin's in it. Um, God, so many people were in it. Uh, Zoe Deschanel's in it. Frances McDermott's in it. Uh, yeah. Um, as I'm probably going to suggest Django again someday, but just because I feel like Almost Famous would be such a good reward if we landed on it. Almost Famous. Almost. It's, it's time, Chris, you learned what a good Cameron Crowe movie is like. Well, I'm glad you picked Almost Famous because I'm picking Django. Uh, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. You want to watch it. <laughs> want to watch it so bad. It's hilarious. I love it. We go from I don't want any Tarantino. I'm scared of him to I really want Django. Just give me Django. No, I mean like I just need like I just needed to. I was looking at stuff to pick. It was either Django or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I picked Django. Oh man, I've never fully seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden no, Dragon. You that know what? Curiosity. That would be curiosity yeah. for me for sure. You know what? Hmm. Actually, my primary pick was Django, and then you said I'm I'm probably gonna pick Django. So I'm like, okay, I gotta pick something else. 
And then I was like, okay, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. If he picks Django again, I'll go with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But you picked on the same. The lack of Zach seeing it has led me to really want you guys to see it. I think more people should see that movie. It's amazing. It did really well when it came out, but like, it's the last good Cameron Crowe. It's the best thing you ever did. And Jerry Maguire is the most crowd-pleasing. Of course you would love Jerry Maguire if I showed you Chris, but you'd also be like, that's the corniest thing ever. Almost Famous is perfect. It's perfect. Okay, so we've got Almost Famous, Summer Wars, and Jago Unchained. Three completely different movies, <laughs> and I like it. Um, all right, share screen, because we don't want any controversy, apparently. Hey, my two options are up there, so I'm two, two to one, so I'm doing just fine. I'm indifferent. They're all good movies. Boom! Summer Wars. Oh, hey. man, it had to happen. We needed it my anime. It had to happen. It's that All job. right. I got to stop wanting stuff. Okay, so let's see. What's on the Goodwill? Because good I didn't even on know On the Goodwill as it stands right now. Okay. Looper. Okay. Clueless. Nice. That would be fun. Road to Perdition. Also a fun one. Not fun, but still. I mean, not like it's not a fun time, but it is. No, good. no, no. It's depressing, but it's a good movie. Great. The Fifth Element. Good movie. Real fun. Goodwill Hunting. It's yeah. a movie. Heat. Yeah. Troll Hunter. God, that's an oldie. That's one we need to hit. Independence Day. Ew. Three. Uh, um, Labyrinth. It'd be fitting did we put Dark Crystal off here, or did we never get that on there? We Dark never Crystal's on the Curiosity. Is it? Yes. Okay. Gangs of New York. Oh, I want gangs so bad. I just started the the Dark Crystal show. How is it? Um, a half an hour through the pilot because it's an hour long, but I love it's a it's beautiful for one thing. It's gorgeous, right? Because I have never seen the Dark Crystal, and I know, dude. I watched I watched that show like the week it came out, dude. Dude, that show is fucking bank. It's it. I haven't seen the movie, so I know there's a lot that they're skimming over because they don't think that you need it explaining. But at the pace it's going, I still, I I still am enjoying. I will tell you that like the movie just makes this like you don't need the movie to enjoy the the show, but like it makes the show so much better. It would it would I know that the movie would help, but I like to go chronological. In no, I understand, and I understand that the movie takes place like two hundred years before, or the show takes place like two hundred years before the movie. Yeah, but, I'm just I'm just going with it, and I'm hoping that like I can get used to it a little bit faster. It's just going at a really quick pace. Yes, but I'm it also it also hurts when every shot and everything is beautiful, so beautiful. Dude, Age of Rebellion is oh my god! I I don't it, let me tell you if Jim Henson was alive today, he would be beside himself with the fact that Dark Crystal got a show. Yes, it's kind of one of the reasons I'm watching. <laughs> But I, I also, like, I can't help but think of it as, like, Team America matched with Lord of the Rings. It kind of feels But like it's, that. like, so much better. That's the best part. Oh, man, I kind of wish I suggested Team America. Later. Next time. Next time. Um, anyway, what's... Okay, so keep going. Gangs, Gangs of New York. York. Okay. Great. Minority Report. Okay. Uh, Come on, guys. Night of the Hunter. I just... I, I, I've always thought... I just think... 
think Minority Report looks great. Maybe that's my problem. It's something really artificial, but like I, every time I watch it, I'm like, it's so gray looking. Night of the Hunter. I really wish that, but like, you know what? I don't wish it. I, I mean, I don't want it at all. It'd be dumb if that happened. I would <laughs> <It'd be dumb. laughs> It'd be the dumbest thing ever. That would make this. Just so don't mention it, life. Chris. Just don't mention it. It'll come. Don't just don't mention no, it. No, I want I want Night of the Hunter and Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Those are two that would be really nice. But like, I don't want them. That'd be fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh, but I want that. <laughs> the wheel is sentient. The Rock. Dwayne Johnson? Dwayne Johnson's on, Dwayne Johnson's on the wheel? Dude, so much fun. Dwayne Johnson. Dude, The Rock would be great. Uh, the Nice Guys. Good also movie. fun. Love The Nice Guys. It'd be great, great timing as a summer movie. Um, and, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That's a summer those movie. Last, those last three movies are great summer movies. All right. <clears throat> For the first, I, I don't know what this is going to land on. I don't either. I'm really. Um, I've got like, Chris, Chris, when the holiday special, like when the holiday special came around, I was like, I something told me it was going to land on that. Um, no, I don't know what this is no, going to land. Did, on. I have no Chris. fear. You were not prepared for that. I wasn't prepared, but I felt like I felt I felt it coming. I mean, I've heard I've had inklings of things beforehand that I try not to ignore. There's one in my head right now, but it's also one of the two that I don't want. So I have some ones that I don't want, some maybes and some absolutely's. And but I have a I have a couple inklings for some. But either way, like it could be anything. You're right. It could be anything. all right. Ready? Yeah. No. Three, two, one. Spin. <gasps> yes. Damn it. Yes. Dude, we were yes! so close to labyrinth. Yes. yes! So close the to next movie. We will be reviewing on the Best Movie Podcast. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. My God, that's exactly the one I didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm swear to, I swear to God, I should have said it because it might not have happened, but I was like, I have an inkling that it's Independence Day. I, that's the one that I didn't want. <laughs> It was oh, so man. close to Labyrinth. Right now. Look Alex, at how close it was to Labyrinth. Alex, we almost got to talk about Jim Henson. We almost got to talk about Jim Henson. I am talking about Jim Henson. No, but like on the podcast. No, I mean, I am talking about Jim Henson. On <laughs> so it would have been perfect. Absolutely. I would have loved to do it. But I also have seen Labyrinth, so they're like... I wanted to watch something I'd never seen before. And like Independence Day, I've seen a million gajillion times. <laughs> Not even that good. It, I do think it's great, but I've seen it's it. It's one of the best blockbusters of all time. You shut up. You keep, you keep saying that. It's certainly a good one. <laughs> a good one. It's not great. It's one of the peak 90s. Guys, dang it, I put this one on the wheel. I know I did. And you guys are like, oh, I don't want to see this. Why? I vehemently. Boring crap. It's not Jim Henson. I don't get to talk about Jim Henson for an hour and a half before we even talk about the movie. Well, first of all, I think. Gosh, guys. I'm so sorry you didn't get what you wanted. Well, thank you. Thank you. First of all, anything Jim Henson is. Or it's more interesting to talk about Independence Day. But here's the thing. I love Independence Day, Chris. I do. And when I watch it, 
I'm going to enjoy it again too. But the thing is, what I love about this show is like surprises and stuff that I don't know about. But when we land on something that I literally, there's a difference between like this and speed. Speed I'll watch anytime, any day of the week or a few good men. I've seen that a billion times and I love it. I've seen this movie a billion times. I saw it in theaters when it came out. I grew up with All it. All right, on let's cable. do a mulligan. Let's do a mulligan. No, we no, did no. it last one. Let's do a mulligan. Chris, Chris, stop doing that. I don't want you to do that because it's on the wheel. The best thing about doing something like this is that we get it off the wheel. But I'm just expressing why I feel this way. Of course, you picked this. This is your comfort food. You want to talk about it, and you always keep saying the phrase, this is one of the greatest blockbusters of all time. So I want you to convince me of that. Like, right now I'm at, this is one of my favorites. I've seen this a lot. It's a great action movie. I don't think it's as dumb as a lot of people think, think it's aged as. It's certainly not the second one, which we watched on the list. And, like, that's the thing. We watched that on the bad movie list, and that was boring. That was terribly boring. I don't think this movie's boring. It's just... I wanted. I like when we land on something new and fun and interesting to talk about. And this isn't new and fun and interesting. This is, and maybe doing research, I will find something new and fun and interesting. Maybe that's the difference. But like, okay, okay, the, hold on, I've hold on, seen I can it. fix this. Oh gosh, I can you, fix no, this. No, you want to watch this? What, 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 what makes you say think right now that you won't want to watch one of your favorite movies? I one do want to watch pit. one of my favorite movies, but you guys are like, oh, we don't want to watch this. Chris, Chris. We want to watch freaking Summer Wars or Django or Almost Famous or something like that. There are, there it ends on something that I freaking want in, and you guys are just shitting all over it. What the Chris, hell? Chris. Come on. Chris, okay, first of all, I'm sorry that you are getting defensive about this. That is on us. I'm sorry. This, we're supposed to celebrate your picks, too. But here's the thing. You have also not been very happy about some of our picks as well. You know, that's happened from time to time, but I will say, yes, special. to go, to go from Argo and to this and to say, and to react the same way in both of those cases and go, I'm so bored about what we're about to go into. Yes, it is. Um, it is belittling and it is condescending and I'm sorry, but like, I'm also trying to be honest, but no, these are your picks. These are the fun. These are the movies you want to watch. And it's a really tough time outside, so I see no reason why we shouldn't watch something that's going to make you happy. Like, go for it, man. Hold on. You just put, we just put Summer Wars on the list, man. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I don't even know what that is about. Hold on. That, that could be about two... Zach sees what I'm doing. He knows what I'm doing. Yes, what are you doing? What, are you, what do you think I'm doing? I'm fixing this. What are you doing? <laughs> you turn right and fix it. <laughs> uh, what else? What else was there? What else was there? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah, right. Uh, let's see. And there's that. And then what else was the other thing? Uh, what, else? What, else? what 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 else? Oh yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> that and then. <laughs> There was... You also wanted Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Right, okay. All right. What is going uh, on right now? I, I, there's a comma I, in there. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I have an idea, but I I, I think oh, that was... Oh, right. Uh, uh, right. What? There's that, and then there's that. Wait, what? Zach, can you think of anything else? No. What are you I doing? on right now please tell me what's going on i right have now. made an exclusive list of movies that only you guys would want to see 
Chris, that's please don't do that. Why? Why are nine you, movies? Why are you doing that? Please don't do that. <sighs> why, oh, right, I've missed one. Please don't be. Please don't take that that shit so personally, man. There. Yeah, there don't right. don't take this so personally, dude. If you if you do anything other than Independence Day next week, I'm probably not going to show up. Agreed. <laughs> like you need to stop. You need to stop taking that shit so personally. <sighs> I, said, I already apologized, and I already said that I was being belittling and condescending. Don't go ahead and make another wheel, because then it just makes me feel like more of a jerk. And come on, man. Like I said this the very first time you put Independence Day on the wheel. I was like, oh, man. Like, come on. But it's all, but again, it's because of my own personal reasons of having just seen it so much. That's all. It's again, I don't think it's a bad movie, and I certainly don't think it's boring. I think the second one's really boring. We talked about the second one. It was boring, although it did have a giant alien in the desert. It was basically a kaiju at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I like kaiju. Chris, no, it's we're doing Independence Day. Independence Day, Bill Pullman, Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Vivica A. Fox. The president for Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. <sighs> um, um, Robert Loglia. Um, the daughter is somebody, too. Mae Whitman. Yeah, Mae Whitman. Katara. Harry, Con- oh, Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. Oh, God. Keep going. Oh, my God. Uh, where are my tissues? Um, never mind. James Duvall. Is he in this? Duvall? Yes. What? Hold on. All right. Uh, Everything stops played, right now. I played Jane in Serenity. Yeah. Uh, he's a Baldwin, I believe. Not Everything stops left. right now. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, the alien. Alan. Judd Hirsch. How could I forget? Oh, yeah, Judd Hirsch. Margaret Collin. I don't know. Lisa Jacob. Adam Baldwin. Brent Spiner. He's just naming off the cast. Brent Spiner. He's pulling his act. James Duvall? Did he change his last name? Where is he? I'm not seeing him, bro. I th- uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm not seeing him. I'm trying to think of the first time I ever saw him. been uncredited. He was in what? Independence Day. He's Miguel Cass. Oh! What? He's Miguel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Frank from Donnie Darko. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. He's also in BoJack Horseman. Ah, uh, what is he playing, Bojack? He's in one episode. It's nothing special. If I thought it was a regular, it would have been no. easier to point out. Um, love Bojack. Is right there. James Duvall. Jack um, So, yes. Uh, I'm trying to think that. I've watched this movie a ton. I think it's really fun. Uh, I, I think it matches really well with Stargate. It's just like, it's perfect 90s g- generic schlock. It's, I think it's... Um, I say schlock in a good way. Like, I talked about Michael Bay and how he looked a, a lot like Summer. I think um, Roland Emmerich nailed it better with Stargate and this. 
Whereas like Michael Bay just really kind of got it with the rock of having an entertaining movie that like you watch on a summer day with your windows open and you're like, yeah. I also completely forgot the role in Emmerich uh, produced Eight-Legged Freaks. I love Eight-Legged Freaks. That movie is like crazy in the right ways. Uh, Yeah, to Scarlett Johansson, David Arquette, love it. So That's like a good time. Young ScarJo though. That's like a super young ScarJo. Not t- not Ghost World young, but still, it's young. She's young in that movie. I think so. it's the same year as Lost in Translation. Uh, well, it like a freak to two thousand two, so that was eighteen years ago. So then, two years before Lost in Translation. Yeah, so you know she was, she was in her, she was eighteen, she was pretty close to eighteen around that time. She was, because she's thirty five right now, so. It's 35 minus 18. She would have been 17 years old. Yeah, I think I've seen Eight-Legged Freaks. Um, I love Eight-Legged Freaks. Ghost and uh, Perfect Score. So I've seen most of her early. You want to talk about like a curiosity wheel? Eight-Legged Freaks is a curiosity wheel. I think it is too. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I know it's, if I saw it's it. It's crazy, and it's like it's like it's like okay but it's like mediocre but it's like so much fun to watch it's a good time it's a b movie it, it's hard it's, it it only aspires to be such yes yeah but dude that you know what's funny is like so like about nine months ago there was a ton of eight-legged freak clips that were showing up on my youtube and i was just like wow talk about like bring back <laughs> Guarantee you're gonna get more after this. So probably. Oh, that movie's crazy. I love that movie though. Fun. So much fun. So knock until you watch it. Independence Day. Chris, you you gotta go watch Eight Legged Freaks. <laughs> All right, that's what the movie we're doing next week. Okay, Independence oh, Day, everyone. We're doing Independence Day. Independence yeah, Day. But Chris, you we're gonna talk about Legged Freaks when you get the chance. We're gonna kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Please don't call me that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, there you go. Independence Day next week, just in time for the holiday. Um, We're a little early on the holiday, but yes. So uh, there you go, everyone. Talk that to you uh, next episode. Uh, say goodbye, guys. Um, um, goodbye in the can. Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Hashtag release the Mike Myers cut. Dirty hoe. <laughs>